All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. I'm your host, Tommy Casaboni. Yes, we shortened up the intro and we actually got rid of that girl. It was weird. It was just like creative differences. We weren't seeing eye to eye anymore. Like the conversations just weren't going the way they used to go and we just weren't on the same page anyway. Plus, it was just really awkward, you know what I mean, to kind of fly her in here for every podcast it was just not necessarily for my budget so cost efficient so we're uh making some changes here audio is back we're back in the home studio here hopefully the mic sounds nice and uh we're back instagram always uh always be booked follow us there you guys know the deal there if you're not following us on instagram i don't know what you're waiting for let's get on there let's get you know access to the pictures the memes i've been doing a pretty good job of putting only original photos up there i used to look at myself as a little bit of a curator of beautiful pictures that i would see online and then i would deliver them to you not making any grandiose claims that i took those pictures but i would have to say probably for the last six seven months or so it's just been my pictures it's been the things that i've been producing i also do try to be funny on there i also let you know about when the podcasts come out and we interact on there as well as well as the facebook group the cruisers lounge always be booked cruisers lounge on facebook the group you got to join that one, guys. That one's starting to heat up. I really, really enjoy uh, the community we've developed there. And it's a small and growing community, but I just love the fact that everybody's kind of in the mix and you know, it's cool. You got people kind of, jo- I had the travel agent, some travel agent who was in the book. You know, he asked me for the rules. He asked the guy, a couple of you jumped on him and it was, I'm fine with you jumping on him and I was fine with him posting what he posted. But uh, a travel agent popped into the room and put his business card up yes you know he asked me first he was like what are the rules to the group and i was like i, I got no book buddy i don't know i don't have the rules uh do what you want i'll play it by ear whatever so he put his business card up there as a travel agent yes you guys know i am now a travel agent as well uh you know i don't want to make that group a promo situation and you don't see me doing a lot of promoting of my travel agency in there uh i didn't mind the post one little business card i know a couple of people have done that here and there if it got out of hand yes i would absolutely shut it down but uh you guys are awesome man you guys came in it came in and kind of stomped them out you were like uh hey are you out of your mind? This is uh, Tommy's. Tommy's a travel agent you're not going to promote your stuff on here and i do appreciate that that was awesome uh Email me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. The emails have been coming in nice. I want to keep them coming in. Whatever you hear on this show, whatever you want to react to, wherever you want to uh, say, get off your chest, ask some questions, make some comments, those are always welcome uh, at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, please. Uh, The most important and the best way you can contribute to this show, if you do enjoy it, would be to share it with a friend. Uh, If you're listening on iTunes or wherever, there's usually a little share button that you have if you can kind of a text send it to you one of your friends share it in some of the cruise groups that you like if i do it it's a little weird i used to do it i mean that's how it kind of got started i used to put every episode in every group that i kind of belong to some people were very very appreciative of it so appreciative of it some people were not so appreciative of it uh and i don't really do that as much anymore i don't really haven't really done it in a while a long time so hopefully i won't do that i, I really don't plan on doing that anymore but hey if you guys do it's not you guys promoting your own you're actually you know with me it comes from the perspective of pushing my own agenda which I'm, clearly i'm doing right now but <laughs> if you guys feel so inclined feel free to just if you don't want to go in the groups it's a little weird you don't want to get jumped on kicked out of any groups that's fine but uh you know maybe share it with some of your friends the best thing you could possibly do for this show is to either alert somebody tell somebody share it with somebody and uh you know just increase the listenership in general uh, 
studio is up, guys. I'm really kind of thrilled about the way this thing came out. It takes a while to learn how to use and install all this stuff, but well, not too long. It just seems longer when it's going on rather than when it's all up and running. It didn't seem like a uh, like a big deal, but yeah, it's up and running. It's very, very comfortable. I got two mics. Uh, I can have guests in here. Also, I want to let you guys know that I will be starting a new podcast in addition to this one. It will have no relation. You know, it's going to be a little bit of the same type of angle and format and attitude that this one has, but what it's going to be is interesting people of New York. I have not named it yet. I haven't come up with the title, but the format is basically going to be just me picking somebody that I know or somebody who knows somebody that I know uh, coming in and discussing you know, what they do for a living, you know, society in general. I don't really, again, I really want to, it's going to be hard to completely stay away from politics on a format like that, but you know, do the best you can to not be polarizing, but we're going to get into some stuff and we're going to talk back and forth and it'll just be like a little bit of a different uh, different angle that you would hear me from. And any of you guys who might be interested in something like that, I have a feeling a few of you might be, uh, feel free to tune in to that one. But, you know, there'll be an announcement on that coming up later. I do have some guests lined up, but that should be fun. All right, speaking of things that are new, many of you saw that I posted a picture of uh, former new kid on the block, Donnie Wahlberg, and myself recently. And uh, that was a little bit of a precursor to the following announcement. Now, tomorrow... Uh, I start working again. I know many of you, like myself, always have a little bit of hope that this always be book thing will be the full-time venture eventually. And I still think one day it can be. But uh, there is a certain reality that kind of sets in when your income is completely cut off. <laughs> and yes, many of you have had some really, really good ideas on how I can make uh, make this thing a full time business, and I do agree with them. And I still a plan. On, I still plan on applying a lot of them. The only problem is, is that there would be a long stretch of nothing coming in before it really became something. Uh, I mean, even consistent, let alone something that I'd be able to sustain a living on in Midtown Manhattan. Again, if I did everything right, if I built this thing from the ground up, if I did it from scratch and did it the right way and made it something that it was going to blow up, it's still. And the very, very best would at least take a couple of months to get going. So uh, I'm going to step in back into the workforce. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Wahlberg, Wahlburgers restaurant, the Wahlburgers Burger Joint. There's actually a reality sh- uh, TV show about it. It's about the burger restaurant and the family and stuff. And you have Donnie Wahlberg in there and Mark Wahlberg. And they have a chef brother who does the burgers. You get little cameos from Jenny McCarthy and people like that. Uh, I've only seen an episode or two, but it looks kind of fun. And I'll be taking over their New York City Upper East Side location as general manager starting Monday, April 22nd, which, like I said, is tomorrow or not, depending upon when you're listening to this. But uh, this is not going to be like the other places where I got to be running around chasing drunk people around at 5 a.m. So uh, I plan to deliver on the elevated consistency of the content and uh, continue to work on the travel agency and the brand in general. Uh, In fact, I had my first few bookings this past weekend and hopefully many more to come. It's just a matter of being able to be comfortable with it and get comfortable with the whole booking process and things like that. And, uh, you know, I equate myself to like people who want to book with me right now. This is what I could tell you. I am not, it's going to be bumps in the road along the way in terms of me, you feeling like I am this smooth, slick, A to B, start to finish travel agent. But what I make up for in that is, you know what, if I make a mistake 
I can correct it. Uh, when I don't know something, I have a, a whole team, a host agency of people that absolutely do help me along the way. And, uh, you know, you may have a question regarding the finer details of booking. If I go to book it, there may be a snag. This is what I'm ha- This is what I'm seeing right now. And all that stuff will go away once I get my feet wet a little bit more. But it's not really at a cost to you. The benefit that you get of that is the fact that you have somebody who really, really knows the industry, knows the business, knows the cruise ships, and just has that passion for it. So, uh, yeah, so getting back, yeah, so I got to start work tomorrow. <laughs> I got a, I got a rest, man. Today I got to hopefully, uh, you know, the leg is I would say about sixty five percent back to normal from the uh, moped incident in Nassau, and uh, I'm just gonna rest it for the rest of today. Hopefully, get back in the mix and uh, make those Wahlbergs uh, proud. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. You know, it, actually, I didn't say this. This is the same company. So, so the, the Pitbull thing was a franchise thing a situation where they got they got. In, they got a, they got down with Pitbull to, for a business venture and another third party, and it was you know the boss that I've been working for for the last fifteen years, same thing. And uh, we went on a little sabbatical here because the Pitbull thing broke down, went our separate ways. And uh, you hear that in the background? It's a siren, as you guys know. I listened to a, a a couple of podcasts, and somebody made me more comfortable about that. That stuff's just never going to go away, you know. People say if you want a radio show. If you want to listen to a radio show, you turn on the radio, you don't get that. But if you listen to podcasts, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the little radio stuff in the You're going to get the, um, I'm sorry, the sirens in the background, the cars, the dump trucks. Uh, occasionally, you know, the cell phone might go off a little bit. You know, you're kind of just jumping in in the middle of a conversation, you know, albeit a conversation with myself. But um, hopefully, I, I don't really feel like you guys say, you know, you feel like I'm riding shotgun with you or if I'm at work with you or you know accompanying accompanying you on your commute in whatever way i really do feel the same thing i feel like i'm along the ride i'm along for the ride with you guys as well but uh yeah so the whole pitbull thing went through fell through and uh now my boss the same guy is also has a partnership and some franchise situations with the Wahlburgers, uh and uh that's what i'm jumping into so it's familiar territory too so it's not like i'm starting from scratch with a bunch of new bosses and stuff like that you know, I'm happy about it. You know, there is a little bittersweet because, again, I was, you know, there is always something exciting about the entrepreneurial thing and call it whatever you want. You know, did I have the stones to just shut down the career and go all in with that? Uh, whatever you want to say. I got cold feet. We got to eat, though, guys, right? We got to eat. We got to keep the water running, the electricity on. We got to keep the roof over the head. And uh, I got a feeling, though, that this is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to have me up at all hours of the night. So I may be able to use this as a little bit of a transition into getting into a lot of the stuff that we talked about. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Norwegian Escape. I just watched it like a shut-in. I'm sitting there on my computer screen, and you can see it. Uh, I'm, I'm all pumped up about the um, the Escape coming into New York, uh, the biggest cruise ship, I believe, ever to be in New York, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a monster beautiful beautiful ship uh was on it it is currently my favorite cruise ship that i've ever been on and uh it was a pleasure to watch it at around noon i don't that's unprecedented for me i have no idea uh i can't remember the last time i heard that a cruise did a repositioning and i was actually looking for this cruise i just assumed it was sold out 
but they sailed an empty ship from Miami to New York. I'm not sure why they did that. Anybody knows Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Why would they not uh, you know, offer a repositioning cruise? It's not like cruise lines at all to leave money on the table like that. So let me know. I got some good shots. Watch the uh, harbor cam. And I put some shots up on Facebook and some videos on Facebook of the Norwegian Escape sailing into New York City for the first time. Uh, Also, speaking of that, you'll see. Go and look on my last picture that I put up of the Escape coming into uh, New York City. Netflix alert here. Two things I want you to watch on Netflix if you feel like it. Oh. If, if it sounds like something that you might be interested in. I really enjoyed both of them uh, over the last week or so. I watched two things on Netflix that I really enjoyed. The first one, speaking of that, like you'll see on that picture with the escape. Right next to it, you'll see a very, very beautifully designed building uh, that, that, that kind of comes to a peak. And it comes to a point, And it's uh, just a very, very unique building for New York City, for the skyline on the west side. And uh, this uh, architect, I mean, this guy's got the life. This guy is a German guy, and he helped design uh, some of the World Trade Centers, some of the some of the most beautiful buildings across the world. He's responsible for creating and designing, and you know, having his hand in in, in the whole building process of it. And uh, this guy's got the life. I mean, you got to look at this guy. Uh, he could have been an actor. He looks like freaking uh, a poor man's Brad Pitt, forty years old. He's got the world by the stones, and he's killing it out there, man. He's designing these buildings. So what it did is track his last few projects. Uh, and then attract the building of this particular building. I never, honestly, I probably noticed it, but there's so many buildings in New York City. Even one as beautiful as this can sometimes be uh, blind and uh, can be just like blind in plain sight. So uh, check it out. It's a it's a gorgeous, gorgeous building that sort of embodies. Central Park's relationship with New York City. And uh, if you're interested in kind of design and, you know, buildings and architecture and things like that, it's a little bit of a documentary on this guy and his recent projects. Another one. Now, this other one, a little better, a little more interesting. It's called Gringo. I don't know. Everybody has uh, McAfee software, uh, virus protection. It always comes up. It's still alive and kicking. It always reminds me when it's going out of service. McAfee antivirus on the computer. Well, the guy behind that is an absolute psychopath who got rich and eventually moved to Belize. And uh, in essence, created an underworld and a mafia in Belize, took over the whole country got in bed with the police department ended up having gangsters and drug dealers as security guys and ended up moving in like six or seven women to have his girlfriend slash wives on the island he absolutely lost his mind and he eventually went up on murder charges so uh this is what you see this internet software it seems to not affect him at all he seems to be fine he actually ran for president in 2016 if i'm not mistaken so this is a just a very very uh quirky colorful character to say the least and um it seems like not a good guy to me but his whole journey and uh his whole uh i guess whatever whatever you want to call it is documented in this in this documentary (laughs) called gringo i recommend checking it out all right so that's pretty much it let's get into the cruise news All right, let's talk about MSC Cruise Line making all sorts of 
positive news lately for launching game changers like the Seaside and the Meraviglia, but last week there was some negative press for the cruise line when MSC Armonia, I believe that's how you pronounce it, carrying nearly 3,000 people, including crew, collided with the pier at 11 a.m. on October 10th in Roatan in Honduras. That's a little bit old news, but oh well. Anyway, this was a 65,000 ton ship and it was headed straight for some on onlookers and, and, and a staff at a nearby port restaurant. No one ever confuses the speed of a cruise ship for that of a speedboat, but still, when 12 stories, 900 feet, and 65,000 gross tons are headed right for you, I don't care how fast it's going, you're going to have to, uh, you know, you're going to have some decisions to make. Anyway, there was some good footage and some minor damage, but the ship was cleared to sail, and uh, no ships that were scheduled to call there were not able to. Uh, other than that, also no one was hurt, and the repairs were made, and the ship was able to continue its journey. Apparently, the error was mechanical. I don't know. I think it was having something to do with the static thrust of propulsion flux, flux modulations derived from the symptomatic fallout by way of the flex capacitor. In other words, I think they ran out of WD-40. Either way, the MSC uh, Armonia will live to sail again, and the people on the pier got one hell of a show. You guys remember the movie Speed Part 2? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was coming in that hot, but uh, I don't know. Remember the movie, though? They, they got... They couldn't afford to bring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock back, so they just picked Sandra. I guess that was the right move, but who knows. But uh, that was when the cruise ship ran aground and basically r- rolled through a bunch of... Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember. I'm just, having a, I'm just having a memory where it made its way onto land and it grinded to a halt eventually at just the right time, right before it like ran over Keanu or something like that. All right, moving on. People are still falling off of cruise ships. This is sad. It's very sad, but it's also, honestly, it's really annoying. Uh, People who somehow find their way over the side of the ship are eventually going to make it so that our view of the horizon is going to be seen through iron bars. So, not long after a woman was miraculously saved after falling off a ship earlier this month, we have another woman who was not so fortunate. The decision was made to call off the search after a passenger fell from the Pacific Dawn at about 4 p.m. last Thursday. The search did go on uh, till almost 8 a.m. Friday morning, but the decision was made by the Coast Guard and the captain that given the elapsed time and the pressure and the uh, temperature of the water that this was just highly unlikely that anyone would have survived that long witnesses and members of the police are both saying that this was not an accident as the woman stepped back two steps and then propelled herself off the side of the ship on purpose i don't know this is a morbid and sick thought but aren't you always a little relieved when you hear it was a suicide i don't agree with leaving your family but I mean, we can't pretend to know someone's or anyone's pain or struggle. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just leaving this earth is a better place for them, I guess. It just stinks that they leave people behind. And I'm not trying to make any light of this, but I don't care on unha- I don't care how unhappy you are. But you got to think, at what point in that swan dive process over the side of the railing, do you think it kicks in that, you know what, this might have been a bad idea? I don't know. It's it's it is sad, but again, she killed herself. She 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 made this decision. The woman was going through something, and she decided she wanted to end her pain. So, you know, she made she made the decision. Apparently, there were strong winds, and the swells were around eight to ten feet. And because of that, the rescue attempt 
was made much more difficult. Sadly, the woman was on vacation with her husband and children on a seven-night cruise from Brisbane to the South Pacific. Awful news, and all you can say is that our thoughts and prayers are with the rest of the family, you know, and hopefully she's in a better place, and hopefully whatever she was struggling with is is, is gone. Um, have you guys ever heard the campaign slogan, Smile Again? It comes by way of St. Martin, and it's a call to action for everyone to bounce back from the devastating hurricanes that hit the region last summer. In particular, on the French side, Marigot is making a big comeback. Uh, Valérie de Masseau, who is the head of tourism on the French side, says they are not interested in competing with the Dutch side in terms of how fast they're bouncing back. Well, I mean, that's technically because they can't. Have you ever seen those Dutch? They're, they're out of control. The, 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 they're notorious for fast and aggressive development, while the French side are less apt to build, hoping to focus more on the natural beauty of the island. And uh, it was just, you know, and I'm, I'll go back into it right now, and I apologize if you listen to every episode, but way, way back, well over a year ago, I touched on that in my profile of St. Martin, on how much of a friendly-ish type of rivalry there is on that side. It is the smallest piece of land that has two different nations controlling it. You have the Dutch side of St. Martin and the French side of St. Martin. And uh, while the French side is clearly a little bit of more of the, what would you say, a little bit more of an elitist side and they feel as though that, you know, we do what we want, we come and go as we please. They have a very, very confident aura about them while the Dutch side is more blue collar, nose to the grindstone and, you know, let's build. For that purpose, you know, the Dutch side is a lot more developed. And uh, there is a law, I believe it's two, I don't know if it's two or four stories. I think it's got to be four, right? On the French side, you can't build anywhere near the coast. You can't build higher than four stories. The Dutch want to know nothing about that. They're building like crazy. And uh, there is a little bit of an air to where if you're a Dutch on, and you end up on the French side, it's not like you're going to get rocks thrown at you, but there is a little bit of a like, hey, hey, uh, what, what are you, what are you doing over here? Like, what's going on? What are you, you are, are you lost? Something like that. So the, the Dutch, the Dutch are not always welcome on the French side. However, since they're building so much, they need, you know, they they need manpower. They need workers. They need people who know how to, you know, skilled trade workers. So the French always are on the Dutch side because that's a lot of times that's where they work because that's where the jobs are. So it's kind of interesting how, you know, the the French are allowed to go back and forth and go wherever they please. But the Dutch, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's not overly hostile, but there is a little bit of a rivalry there and it's kind of interesting. Anyway, the issue here is, um, is, is over Crystal Cruises 62 guest spirit. And, uh, that St. Market, the St. Martin market, was worried about that luxury vessel. It might pull out of the deal to that it was scheduled to home port there, but they may pull out because of the devastation and because the island is not as pristine and beautiful and as, as good a shape as it was. But they did not pull out. They went on, the plan went on a schedule, then as a result of a new pier being built for the ship on the French side, they are shaping up a lot of areas that were damaged and in many ways. They'll be back and better than ever. In particular, one way that they're cleaning up and making it so that, you know what, this is even better than before, the government officials approved the plan to bury all power lines in the damaged area so that they will run underground and not have to worry about being affected as much in the future when a storm comes or anything like that. I mean, St. Martin is gorgeous. As you guys know, I've waxed on poetically about it so many times. It's a beautiful island, and when they're on their game, 
there is about as much to do there as any other port of call in the entire Caribbean. And really, it's so nice to see them bouncing back. All right, let's talk about the future of cruising. Let's step into the world of the future. An annual report compiled by Cruise Industry News says that North American cruise capacity is expected to grow by 40% over the course of the next 10 years. Now, for the morons like me, let's clarify. This is cruise capacity, basically meaning inventory. This speaks nothing of how much it will be filled. However, the fact that these cruise lines are not morons and uh, they wouldn't be built if they didn't think they could fill them does suggest the latter. And it's estimated that there were about 14.5 million total passengers in 2018, and that's expected to get over, up and over 20 million by 2027. Uh, that basically states what we already know. This is a golden age of cruising, ladies and gentlemen. So get ready. There will be more mega ships. There will be more ships geared towards innovation, especially from Royal Caribbean, as we always see. I would expect a few things also. A dedication to cleaning up the energy and the waste. I would say uh, more environmentally friendly cruise ships will be being built and uh and, and and as we know it, you, you can't get any straws anymore. You know what I mean? I would say cruise ships would also be much more catering to a younger demographic. If you're trying to fill up all these cruise ships, you see the activities that are being built on them. They're clearly going for a younger demographic. And I would say there's going to be more attention to craft cocktails and gastropub style menus as these, uh, <laughs> you know, as these hipsters start attacking all these cruise ships and Getting into cruising, you're going to have to cater to them, and that's what they want. They want their bacon-wrapped deviled eggs, you know, dipped in freaking Bloody Mary juice, whatever. I don't know what they want. You know, this is all this is all the stuff that you're going to have to uh, raise the bar on to, uh, to, to cater to them. They'll also probably become more, along with the whole millennial thing, uh, become more technologically advanced. They'll probably get more gadget-friendly and things like that. Uh, so here are some more stats. Ready for some stats, guys? This is the stats portion of the show. Carnival Cruise Line remains the biggest and baddest with the with their parent company controlling uh, 43.8% of the entire market share. Royal Caribbean is a second. You hear that? How, what is going on? You would think that there's emergencies. Like there's sirens literally every 15 minutes all day long. Like, how many emergencies can be going on in this damn city? Uh, Royal Caribbean is second in the market with a combined share of totaling it at 29.6. And then you have our buddies Norwegian coming in at third with a 15.2% control of the market share. I heard they have a plan to sneak their way up to 20% by creating a standing room only sail away category where you can have chairs in your room and get a discount. But they will gladly add a fully functioning bed for $88 per person per night. And a caveat to that is if one person in the same room opts for the bed, uh, plan, uh, all adults over 21 must as well. That's a joke. Uh, exciting to hear that the cruise industry is on the rise. I wonder if the all-inclusive land industry is as well. That's what you call a teaser right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be talking about the uh, all-inclusive industry in a little while as it pertains to the cruise ships and stuff like that. Um all right, speaking of Norwegian, we have some really, really exciting news on the positive side. The cruise line just released details on their new Leonardo class of ships. What are we doing here? Ninja Turtles now? Uh, 
No, for real. This is actually pretty cool. I'm not, it's not going to happen this decade, but this is the type of thing I'd like to see a little bit more at a carnival. Even though it's not going to get rolled out till 2022, get us pumped up a little bit. Give us a rendering here and there, will you? Norwegian does it. Carnival, get it, get it. You know, just tell us, you know, the Carnival Paradise is going to be refurbished in three years and we'll be sailing out of uh, South Carolina. You know what I mean? We could get us excited about more ships. I mean, they did a little bit better of a job with the whole Horizon and the, um, what's the new one? The Horizon, what's the one? Uh, I get the Panorama coming. Uh, yeah, the Horizon is the new one out there. The Vista, the Horizon, and then the Panorama coming. But, you know, unveil this. You know what I mean? Norwegian's basically saying that, uh, you know, what do we got here? Uh, four ships delivered between 2022 and 2025 with the option of two more. They'll probably be Leonardo, Leonardo Plus class ships. In a move you don't see too often, the Leonardo, Leonardo class will be a step down from the breakaway class in terms of size, but certainly not in things to do with technology. A reason for the step down in size is that they're hoping to be able to call at more ports than the 4K plus capacity breakaway class ships were able to do. Um, they are also taking two pages out of the MSC book book by focusing more on a connection to the sea, and they're going to build one of those Miami condo-style looking uh, hotel sections of the ship like they do on the uh, seaside as well. Also, this is going to be the start of a completely new look to cruise ships, what they are calling an inverted bow to improve its flow through the water and give it a more futuristic look. Now, the second one I agree with, give it a more futuristic look. But does this is this really functional too? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. An inverted bow will give you an improved flow through the water. We've been sailing the ocean for about 10,000 years and Norwegian Cruise Line wakes up one day in 2018 and says, enough. I want that bow turned upside down. We've been struggling to cut through this water long enough. Um, and as far as environmentally friendly, Norwegian says, go F yourself, tree huggers. <laughs> they don't really say that, but kind of. Norwegian Cruise Line said that they have no plans to use the more efficient LNG-powered cruise ships that Carnival has begun to use. Uh, we have a quote from CEO Andy Stewart. Quote, the next new build, we will evaluate all technologies available to us, Stewart said. Uh, we don't have a specific class beyond Leonardo at this point, and we don't have any specific plans. We have the two options for Leonardo, but it's not possible for us to change those ships. And what he means is in terms of technology, uh, the plans are laid out. We're building what we're building. I'm sorry if the air and the waste isn't where you want it to be or the fuel isn't where you want it to be for these basically the next six ships if you know beyond that maybe they'll look into it but for the next we're going through 2025 or 2027 if they exercise the option uh but they're not working too much on the environment there they did say that they will release a report that will give more details on their dedication to help the environment on april 23rd which happens to be earth day very very savvy ncl great job and uh, all right, let's round out the news with a nice announcement from the little cruise line that could. You guys know it, the Bahama Paradise Cruise Line. Those of you who are listeners back from day one, you guys know that one because I was cons- constantly giving away free cruises on that and trying to get you guys to review the podcast that worked, man. 
that was a good little campaign. You guys did a good job with that, and hopefully you guys who did get those free cruises enjoyed them. Um, this cruise line is an inspiration. Uh, this is this is how it started, and I didn't know a lot of it from the beginning, but I remember you would always get these calls from this cruise line that was just giving away free cruises. And then I looked up the ship, and the ship looked like a freaking converted battleship. The hull was a different color from the actual hotel part of it. It was like, I don't know what it was, blue and orange. It was this wacky-ass cruise ship, and I would look at YouTube videos, and the buffet would look like literally like something you would see at a at a, at a awful, awful, like, low-budget wedding, like a couple of pieces of chocolate, maybe some fruit, some bread. Uh, it was just, it looked like, I, I, I love cruising. I love the sea. I'm addicted. I would not even have gone this, on this thing if you paid me. What happened? That ship ran aground. So <laughs> it ran aground, and it sank. Nobody was hurt, but the ship eventually sunk. And this was probably, we're going to go back probably maybe, I don't know, seven years now about this. I don't really know exactly, but maybe about seven years. So you figure, all right, so they're done. They're, they're over. No, they get wind of a Costa, a former Carnival, one of the first Carnival ships, and then it was transferred to Costa. And they, create, they, they changed that into their own. They painted the hull, so it's got a big, giant Carnival fin on it. They cut the edges off and painted it black. And they took this cruise ship. Granted, it's an old cruise ship. I went on it in, what was it? I believe it was 2015. And I went down there, and I went on this cruise ship, and it was cool. It was actually not a bad experience. Of course, it was not like the Norwegian Escape or one of the newer ones that I've been on. But it was a cool experience to check out a cruise ship that was made way back then. And it and it was good. It was just like a, for a cruise addict. You get away for a couple of days. So what they were doing was two-night cruises. So if you got on on Monday, you would sail away at like 4 p.m., 5 p.m., whatever it was. You would cruise overnight, sleep, wake up in the Bahamas, spend the day in the Bahamas, get back on the ship at about 6, 7 p.m., and then wake up on, so if that was Monday, that would be now what we were talking about, you'd wake up Wednesday morning back in West Palm Beach. They'd go out of Port of Palm Beach. So you would have to, like, pick. So the what they did was they... Uh, ceremoniously welcomed in a second ship to their fleet. Joining the Bahama Grand Celebration is now the Grand Classica. Uh, The ship slowly sailed into the port uh, welcomed by local Bach Middle School marching band. They gave him a welcome of pomp and circumstance as this former Costa Neo Classica settles into its new home. So they went into Costa again and got another ship from Costa. Now, they went from having a broke-down battleship that sunk to now just adding their second ship. There are a lot of quotes and boring details surrounding this whole deal, but the announcement itself is kind of exciting. To me, this is for real cruise junkies, and what it does is with a second ship, it allows for you to give it a measure of flexibility. I used to always go to Palm Beach for two or three day runs, and what I would like to do is I would every time I was there, I was like, hey, is the, is the, is the cruise ship going out? And you'd, it would be basically 50-50. If you were going to West Palm on Monday and you were going to be there till, till, till Wednesday or Thursday, you would say, okay, it's one of those days. Did month, If the cruise ship's going out Monday, I can come back and be back by Wednesday. But if it's not and it happened to leave Sunday, then you missed it. But then if it was going to leave Tuesday again, that would be too late if you were going to leave town by Wednesday or whatever. So what this does is basically allows for them to just pass each other. They're going to alternate. So there's now from now on, people of South Florida, there is not a day that you can't go to West Palm and sail to the Bahamas 
on a one and a half day, basically a two night cruise. And it's awesome because you know what you could also do if you want to, if you want to splurge, uh, you can contact a hotel or resort on Grand Bahama and you could spend a couple of nights there and you could do that through the cruise line, I believe. And you can just take a different sailing back if you want to stay a couple of days fully. It's a great, great idea. You're not going to get all the amenities of the newer, you know, hottest cruise ships out there. But for a nice little, very, very low expensive vacation for a relaxing trip to the Bahamas real quick, a getaway, if you will, this is a phenomenal option. And the options just got more. So congratulations to Bahama Paradise Cruise Line. And uh, yeah, if you haven't used the uh, free voucher and you reviewed the show, congratulations. Now you have a few more options for you. All right, let's get into the main topic for the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And as we said before, the main topic of the show this week is going to be, you know, you know, you have the Yankees versus the Red Sox. You have the Hatfields and the McCoys. You have, you know, East versus West. And just as natural as that are those people who prefer cruises versus those people who prefer the all-inclusive resorts. And we have a very, very special guest on the phone with us today. And uh, I want to welcome expert travel agent rosette obedoza rosette welcome to the show thank you so much happy to be here today great great and you are from capstone world travelers right yes capstone world travel you book cruises you book uh, resorts and you book like basically vacations all over the world don't you Yes, yes, that's right. But I do have my area of specialty, sort of my zone of genius, since I lived in the area. So definitely Southeast Asia and the Middle East are two of my favorite um, destinations. Okay, yeah, so that's a, that's a little more exotic than what we cover over here but for, <laughs> but that's fine i mean if anybody i mean I'm, I'm in the minority i you know stick to the simple cruising and stuff like that the caribbeans things like that but i know plenty of my listeners are you know way more adventurous than me so definitely keep that in mind and contact uh rosette for anything that uh you guys need but the topic for today we wanted to go over all-inclusive resorts versus cruising. And uh, I'm coming in a little bit on the cruise side of things. I've never done full disclosure. I've never done an all-inclusive resort. And uh, Rosette is pretty much the opposite. She's not much on the cruise end of it, but she does enjoy and promote all-inclusive resorts. So we'll jump into some of the things that are kind of, I guess, conceptions or misconceptions regarding both. So I guess what we'll start with is, uh, I guess, do you have a little bit of an overview that you can give us on what the general concept and what the market itself of all-inclusive resorts are trying to appeal to? Yes, majority of that, these are for families, and I could totally relate with this. As a military family ourselves, especially my husband is in the Navy, whenever I bring up the topic, hey, can we go on a cruise? He would say, no, I just went on a cruise. So we always like to travel as a family just to relax, be on an all-inclusive resort where we just literally, you know, if it, there's a port near us, like San Diego, we used to live in San Diego, there's a close by port, we don't have to fly. You know, th- those are the things that that we kind of take a look at if it's possible. And then for all-inclusive resort, they have also the kids club. Then we can leave the child, you know, our, our children or our kids over there. And then you also have your dining taken care of. There's a pool area. There's the beach area. And, of course, um, if you want to have some drinks, adult beverages, it's all in there. And you don't also have to worry about tips or 
you know, of that stuff because everything is just pre-packaged for you. Nothing to worry about on the all-inclusive package. Okay, well, Rosette, now you know I'm coming from the cruise angle, so I'm going to debate you a little bit here. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can say that a lot of the stuff that you mentioned is also mm-hmm. available with cruising, but let, let's just go. Let's just start from the beginning here. So, advantages uh, to all-inclusives uh, that pretty much you simply get on a plane. You go to a place and you're all set, pretty much, isn't it? You you have to you don't have to move around. Most things you need are pretty much within reach to a degree. Whatever you want to do is just a phone call or click away. There's dozens of people there ready to wait on you hand and foot, and it's uh your your home base is your home base is on a sound foundation with plenty of room to roam around and explore. Would you think those are some of the reasons why people would prefer all inclusives? I would say so. Yes. I guess it's just a matter of what your preference is. It's like if you're on an all-inclusive resort, those. Yeah, what, what's yeah? Sorry, what's the vibe? You know, what's your personal preference? What do you feel like doing? Right. Kind of a thing. Exactly, mm-hmm. and you could also kind of pick throughout the world. They have them all over the world, right? Yes, yes, they do. Okay, to me. It's like I get it, and uh, and I would probably if you tell me I'm going to Jamaica to an all inclusive resort, I, you wouldn't get too many complaints from me. But at the same time, something about cruising, what I like about cruising is the adventure aspect of it. Uh, and and I, I, what you said makes perfect sense before about being part of a military family, and you know, <laughs> your husband not wanting to go anywhere near any boats whatsoever for as long as possible. That makes sense. But, uh, you know, for me, who's landlocked, you know, for most of the time, I look at the cruises kind of like a little bit of an adventure. Do you get any of those, any of your clients feel that way too? I mean, what do you hear from your clients? Is it kind of split down the middle or is it one way versus the other? It's actually cut down in the middle because like for some, they want to check off, say, you know, several countries in one shot. And you can do that in cruising. Because in in an all-inclusive, you're pretty much stuck in one destination. And yes, the advantage is you get to enjoy the destination for a longer period of time. But if you're one of those people who wants to collect stamps on their passport or just a checklist, then that won't be possible in the all-inclusive. Right, exactly. My stamps, the version of me collecting stamps is my little room key cards for the the cruises. I collect those. (laughs) And those are my stamps. Um, I got to admit, though, I will have to admit something. If you're like a lay-by-the-pool type of person, if your thing is to kind of just put the bathing suit on, get out there early in the morning and chill by the pool, I got to admit, would you agree that the all-inclusive resort is probably better for that, would you say? Yes, it's more of the laid back, just want to chill, drink a little bit, not to worry about, you know, looking at your clock and say, hey, when's boarding time? Because literally you have, what, six to eight hours per port, and then you have to go back. So if you're more of that, I just want to enjoy the poolside, have my beverage here, get some sun, then yeah, definitely a resort type. Yeah, but Rosette, they do have some. They do have the pools on the ship. Now, I'll, I'll admit that's not the same experience. You know, <laughs> the the ships on the pool, depending upon what pool you're at, it does kind of kind of compare to like a cattle call. Like they they're all crowded. Everybody's crowded around that one little pool. I do get that. I personally am not the biggest layout in the sun pool guy, but I do enjoy it for I don't know as much as my skin can take fourteen minutes or whatever it is. So I do like it, but. Um, the one, the one thing I will, I will say is that you, in, a, in an all-inclusive, you, you really get that freedom to be able to relax. Now, here's the question I do have for you as well. One thing on cruises, 
that's a very controversial topic and you have to deal with it a lot is a thing that we call chair hogging. Uh, you know, uh. people wake up at eight in the morning and they set their flag, they put their flag in the sand and they get their clips and they put the towel on the chair and then they'll go off and do whatever they want and expect their chair to be sitting there. Did, is that battle go on the same on land for a resort as it does on cruises? Um, I actually experienced that one time. <laughs> Personally, okay. Uh, Personally, I did, yes, because I was wondering, okay, nobody's here, no stuff, just a towel. So I'm just thinking, okay, you know, so maybe it's my turn. So I went ahead and asked the staff to, okay, here's a towel, maybe somebody just left. And then somebody just came back and like, oh, this is my spot. So kind of awkward. (laughs) I guess that's a favorite spot because it's closer to the bar. I get it. So at that moment, I kind of like, oh, okay, then I'll just scoot over to the other side. Exactly. Well, it's just to me, it's like I I mentioned this on one of my other shows and we did a topic on it. I was just like, how do people expect that? I would not leave my stuff around and just go off somewhere and expect it to just be there after half hour, hour of just sitting there. But I guess uh, certain people take certain liberties. So I don't know. Um, So let me ask you about just, I guess, the overall experience now some people go on cruises you know a lot of people like the captain's dinner the formal night uh you know uh, and certain cruises you're expected to dress and be a certain way on certain nights do they have that type of formal nights certain uh, on certain nights on all-inclusive resorts as well no we don't unless of course say you prepared something like a special dinner because it's your anniversary, then you actually are the one. You're not mandated to do it, but it just depends on the family or the couples. They want to prepare for something more, you know, you dress to the nines, put on some makeup and put on a little bit of pizzazz, you know, so for you're saying the it's evening. Your, it's your choice. Yeah. It's your choice, yes. And sometimes it's kind of nice to have that, like, adulting, you know? Oh, totally. So <laughs> right? And in, in a cruise, it's kind of more romantic because you're in the, in, 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 a, in this really cool setting when you're not in land, you're in water, and then you have this beautiful um, setup for the dinner, and then everybody's very well-dressed. And you might not even recognize some of the people that you'd normally see because now they're all dressed up. Exactly. It's like <laughs> you look way, way different with a pressed suit on than you do at the, uh, you know, at the pool upstairs hogging all the chairs. Let, let me ask you this. So the, the restaurants themselves, though, what are they like? Are they more like a TJ because of that, I guess? So you can come as you want. So if you're having, you're celebrating an anniversary with your husband, you'll want to dress uh-huh. up. You'll want to, like you said, you want to adult or this and that. So theoretically, what you're saying is you could be three tables away from, you know, a family that are soaking wet in their bathing suits. <laughs> Absolutely not, because you would in in a big all inclusive resort. Of course, there are several restaurants in there. And one thing that I have experienced is actually talking to the hotel and then letting them know, hey, we have a special uh, dinner that we want, and they would put you and offer you in a secluded, you know, area by the beach, just you and your loved one. It's, it's just romantic and quiet so that's a plus you know that's points for you for arranging that and then of course you got there are other families but it's if it's an evening affair of course there's the they suggest that you dress up and no of course no shorts or just tank tops during those evenings if those are the the higher end kind of 
restaurant that you're going to be going for. But of course, if it's going to be a more casual dining, then this is sort of, okay, free for all for that everybody. Makes that makes mm-hmm. sense. So they have different levels of different type of venues that you can enjoy. On, on Yes. The, okay. Right. Yes. So let's move on to, I guess, the whole family experience because I did notice I did some a decent amount of research uh, on this topic, as you saw by the notes I sent you. But like, is there an opportunity? Because I could tell you from the standpoint of cruises, you can spend all day and all night with your kids, or if you mm-hmm. want to spend basically just the eight hours sleeping with your kids, you can do that. Does the do the all inclusive resorts have? Uh, do they offer that to be uh, the ability to get the adults some alone time as well? Yes, they do have it limited at a certain degree because I, I know that for cruises you got really active uh, kids club like they do like full yes. blown entertainment and all that fun stuff. Whereas I think this is my biggest um, worry being my, my background is in early childhood education because I you know it kicks in whenever I leave my daughter at a kids club at a hotel that kicks in because I look as if I'm in inspection mode that I look at are there you know toys that are small just you know scattered around or are the groups of children divided into age group with cruises I know they divide it into age groups so that you know they have a they have a requirement when they need to be party trained Whereas with a kids club, sometimes it's not. It's a very huge group of kids in varying age groups at the hotel. So that worries me for a bit. And I kind of am more inquisitive in what, you know, what programs they have. Do you go outside, outside of the kids club area? If you are, how, you know, how long would you be outside? I mean, not being very hypocritical or hypercritical, I should say, on, on, on the kids club itself. But I think more with just limited, really limited activities. And then from my experience, if like, for example, we were in a resort during Halloween and they have the standard, okay, Halloween party, whatnot. But then if my child wants to dress up as a mermaid and be on a pool, then there would be an extra charge. So that, again, is an extra charge, even though it's an all-inclusive part or package. Makes sense. Oh, it sounds like to me. Rosette, I don't know. It sounds like you gave the nod to the cruise ships on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you points for that. Okay, so Whether we got one. We got one. Don't, we won't get we won't get cocky. We won't get used to it. Um, all right, so one thing I will say, too, is, uh, one, is the weather. Uh, to me, it's the Caribbean. We're talking mostly Caribbean on this show, and if we're going to stick it to – we're going to talk to talk about the Caribbean right now. It's mostly the weather can change all the time, but – what I like about cruising also is the fact that you can travel. If you don't like the weather and where you are this day, it's nine times out of ten going to be different the next day. As as opposed to if you, let's say you're going to you know somewhere in the Dominican Republic in the all-inclusive resort and you just find out there's supposed to be a storm there that's supposed to sit there for three days, you're kind of like uh, there's no escape. That's That's a little bit of a disadvantage, isn't it? True, because if it's raining, then nobody wants to go out. And then you're kind of like, ah, let's just stay in the room. You can't go in the pool. You know, just it is. It is a damper. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. So what can we break this down as far as, you know, cruises and all-inclusives, I'm sure, are guilty of this 
both. Now you say all inclusive and what's included and what you can get. So if you listen to the advertisements, a lot of times you would think you can go on these cruises or show up at this resort and take whatever you want from anywhere at any time. And then you get there and you find out, oh, well, this is not part of that or this is not part of that. Can you break down for the most part what is included in a basic all-inclusive resort? Sure. It just depends on the type of resort that you get. Because sometimes people just want the food and the hotel, you know, the whole accommodation and then the breakfast and the dinner taken care of. On some of this, on some of them, they also include, say, for well, here's the thing, and with all inclusive, and I think you'll win on this one, is that you're pretty much the encourager to stay in. You know, they won't add in any of the outside tours, explore outside, any of that, never. It's not going to be a standard on the all-inclusive because they want you to stay in the resort. So as compared to you, my friend, who, who is in the cruising, you do have those two to five itineraries and they get to go out because they will disembark, correct? Yes. So so basically, um, with the all-inclusive, it's just thinking of you have the accommodation for the X period of time you're going to be there. Your meals are taken care of. Your drinks, the alcoholic beverages you can handle, are all taken care of. Power and also sometimes they do include two to five hours or whatever number of hours for for the kids club, so that you can go in a spa because still within the facility, as long as it's within facility, they could put that in. Could even give you say a hundred dollar credit for a uh, for one hour facial or. A uh, couple of massages already thrown in. That's that could be possible, especially if you let them know that oh, we're having um, an anniversary. That's why we're going to your resort, so they can they can make that uh, possible. But um, in terms of if you want to explore outside the resort itself, and I experienced this in Muscat, we were in Oman, and that's totally separate, and you have to do it on your own. Okay, that makes sense. So you're basically saying the, the what I got from that pretty much is the resorts really want you to stay in. They don't necessarily encourage you to go kind of go taking excursions outside of the grounds of the of the resort itself, right? Correct. Okay, so that's one thing I'll say this, and that's a cruise industry hot button right now too because uh, you, you're familiar with the cruise industry even though you're not the biggest cruise fan. You noticed all these ships are getting built with all these – huge technological advancements and all these new bells and whistles and how big they are the cruise lines are clearly trying to go at least the big three are trying to go in the direction of making it so that there's more to do on the ship and that's having an effect at all the ports you're seeing ports all over the caribbean having meetings and trying to figure out how to get these guests off the cruise ships a little bit more because the cruise ships really they want to make money they're trying to keep people on the ship during the ports Yes, um, I heard about um, that issue too, and well, mainly because there are two. You know, there are several types of travelers where we're in there. One or the beginning, where they just want to test it out a little bit. You know, not nothing too strange, exotic for their taste. Like for my um, my for my clients who are very well versed already in international travel, so they. For them, it's more comfortable to what they know. And at the same time, a little bit of adventure, when you go on port, they can kind of step down a little bit and spend a little bit of time on on port. But then they want to go back again and then just kind of, okay, this is my comfort zone. Makes sense. So it, it, it just depends on the kind of traveler. Cause some, and then that's the thing too, because 
I know that on, on some cruises, um, they, they're built for like, for the more luxurious cruises wherein there's a smaller number of people and then just very limited onboard offerings, which then now offers more of uh, you need to go off the, the, the cruise ship and then enjoy more of the location. And they have longer hours to be on port. Yeah. I get you. Well, that was going to, that also kind of lead led into what I was going to bring up next, which was, let me ask you this. If somebody is going to go, to an all-inclusive resort and they have their heart set on going to an all-inclusive resort and like you said the cruise i'm sorry the resort does not encourage you to necessarily leave the resort a lot is there an option let's just say i'm hell-bent on it i'm 24 years old i'm going with my girlfriend and you know what i want to hit the town i'm somewhere in the yucatan part of new mexico of mexico and i want to go and hit hit the hot spots in cancun at night now am i not allowed to do that is there are there options for me to be able to do that, even though it's not necessarily the biggest thing in the resort? Then, yeah, it's, it's an option for, for them. I mean, for the traveler themselves, so they can even ask a hotel concierge then I can to have assist to like, them with then, that. Then I can have to, like, scale a wall and escape, right? Like it's a... Like yes, a- yeah. And, and of course, of course, with concierge, with all-inclusive, then the price point will be different from what you may see when you do your own research. Say, you know, contact a travel agent or contact a local tour company, then that would be a little different. And I've seen the difference, too, because we did try to, like, book something through our hotel concierge and then... We compared it, although they were very clear. They said, if you book with us through the hotel, it, this will be the cost. As compared to if you call these people directly, this will be the cost, which was really helpful. Okay, so then they do have concierges that will take care of that and help you. I mean, it would only make yes. sense to me that the you know nightclubs and restaurants would you know, maybe partner up with these all-inclusives or at least try to solicit some business from them and maybe develop some sort of a partnership where some kickbacks are thrown back and forth. I would imagine that probably has to happen, right? Yes, correct. And even like um, uh, like cab drivers, you know, like if they, um, I remember this because we were in Armenia and so you have been, they you part- have been everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We've been everywhere and all kinds of, of, of fun adventure. <laughs> and then um, I remember because we built a really good relationship with the hotel staff because they're really nice and they kind of noticed that, oh, you know, they're getting bored kind of a thing. So then when we started asking the concierge, they were like, oh, you know, we have a contact if you want to just go on a day trip. They have a, you know, a taxi cab over here and you can go on a two-hour tour outside the city if you want to. So something like that is, is definitely available and that's one good thing. And anywhere you go when you travel, whether in a cruise or in, in an all-inclusive resort, it's building that relationship with the staff because they can give you the inside info. That makes sense. Now, someone also told me that the all-inclusive is the way you'd probably want to go if you're into, let's just say, uh, golfing, diving, or fishing. Uh, do, do those mm-hmm. – is that included or no? Yes, um, there's some. Let's say, for example, you're in a, your package is more of the golfing package. Um, we're heading actually to uh, Maui this uh, next month in May, and my husband is already eyeing the golf package. But then I'm not a golfer; he okay. is. 
Yeah. So, so they what they would offer is like if this is a go- golfing event, then they would put it. They're very thoughtful in thinking that oh, this person is gonna have a wife is gonna be bored, so the wife needs to have an activity. So they throw in like a like a spa tri- treatment or you know a spa trip or whatever just within the facility, whatnot for for that matter. So definitely yes. Um, I've I've seen um offerings like that wherein if it's a major golfing event, especially like in Hawaii, um they do know that they travel, the golfers do travel with their significant other and then they can offer in something for the significant other to do if they're not a golfer themselves. And then yes for fishing, they do offer that like catamaran or, or deep sea fishing trips. So it just, it, of course, on a limited, you know, like kind because of this, the, because of if they wanted more of a smaller number of people or on a specific day, or they might just offer, you know, on on your second day or the day before you leave, something like that. But those are, you're saying those would be basically included in the base package, or would would that be like an add-on package, which you would have to kind of like add, like the equivalent to like when you book a cruise, everybody knows yes. you're going on a cruise, you get food. And you get, you know, water, you get juices, you get uh, entertainment, and you get how you get your, you know, your hotel. Um, if you want things like excursions, if you want, you know, uh, booze packages, things like that, there are upgrades. Now, do the golfing, is the golfing part of a package that you would upgrade to? That is an upgrade, definitely, because it's a very niche, it's not a general trip, because most of the time, if it's a golfing Let's say if it's a tournament, it's a premium. Yeah. You know, and if it's a premium, then more likely that will be an an upgrade. But for standard, all inclusive, as I've said, it will be very very limited. Okay. To, you know, they they can just throw in um, a voucher for you for a fishing trip or or a catamaran um, experience. But most of the time, because Everything is in there with the thinking that, I mean, it just depends on the price point, just like with cruises. Um, for for cruising, if it's the larger um, cruise lines or if it's a river cruise, it's more expensive than uh, less upgrades. Right. The river cruising is a whole kind of different animal. You get a lot mm-hmm. of uh, special attention, special service. The crew to guest ratio is a lot higher. On, uh, on on river cruises and things like that and the destinations you go to are a lot more exotic and you know the, the river cruises are way more about the ports than, than the ship yes. yeah um, okay here's here's another one we're, we're winding down we got a couple more what's what's the deal now I like to go on cruise ships one of the things that draw me to cruise ships is because you know you know judge me if you want I like to I like to play <laughs> I like to play a little blackjack Rosette and uh, I, I like the casino I like the the, the roulette oh, yeah. the slots do you guys have uh, on the all in, all inclusive resorts are there casinos or gambling options on, on many of these very limited very limited very okay. limited. Okay. They're very limited on that. So I would say points for cruises for, for that because it's just a matter of pressing the button, which floor is the casino, right? Exactly. <laughs> pressing the elevator and then you're right there. Now, how about I, yes. I did hear that, um, you know, a lot of what is included in, and this is not the case with cruising, uh, in all-inclusive resorts, even the base packages usually include, let's just say, non-motorized water sports, right? Yes. So if you're going to go on like a, you know, your own snorkel run, if you if you want to uh, do a, 
a, a kayak trip or paddleboard or things like that, you know, you mm-hmm. can you can just kind of come as you are and just kind of do it at your own pleasure, right? Correct, because it's all provided for you. So you can you, know, you can choose like which water activity yeah. you would prefer. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of exciting to me that the thought of maybe attempting a uh, all inclusive resort just for the fact that you know I, I one thing I would like to do is to not like you said before at the beginning at the top at the top of the segment where it's like you don't have to look at your watch and run back to a ship. I always wanted to kind of like experience one of these islands overnight, and I guess. It's good and bad because with an all-inclusive, you sort of are, but you're also on a resort too. It's not like you're in the depths of the country. But like you said before, they do do some trips where you can kind of get out and work in partnerships with some nightclubs or restaurants too. Um, it makes sense. So uh, the, the one other thing that I would say is I realized this kind of late in the game, in my research. Another thing that's probably a little bit more beneficial to all-inclusives, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you pretty much, and I learned this in the booking process as I went through it, you you just basically pick your days, right? Yes, you just pick your days and then that's it, basically. Now, most of them, uh, like a spring break with the kids, you know, and you pick a date. And you would notice, like, like the, when's the busiest time of the year, just same thing, when's the peak season, What I mean is versus, vacation. like, versus cruising where you have to kind of, all right, when is this ship in port? Okay, ah, it's not a... Gotcha, yeah. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, oh, I want gotcha. to go, go on the th- I go on the 31st because those are my five days that I have off. Well, you mm-hmm. can't go on the 31st because the no. cruise ship leaves on the 28th. Leaves on the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Correct, correct. So, 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 it, it depends on your, your the scheduled... Yeah. Um, cruise dates for that, yes, yeah, definitely. And, but the, for and, the, all- and the length of cruise, like if you want to go for, I got yes. a three day, I got three days available. Well, I have five days available. Well, there's no five day cruises. You can get a three or an eight. You know what I'm saying? So you can pretty much go on an all inclusive resort website and just literally pick your exact dates. Picking, That's correct. Huge. It's more more customized for the travelers themselves. Yes. Yeah, no, I would say that that's big. Uh, Rosette, I'm not sure if um, we actually solved the debate and figured out which one is better <laughs> or not. But I think, I think we, we did. We did? Which which did? Yes. I don't know. I think if we counted, I think we would go cruises, maybe got more points. I think. <laughs> well, because let's say for one thing, I've never been on a cruise, but you did definitely open up my eyes into possibilities of what I can do and I can offer for my family. And why not? Why not try cruising? Because if we want to hit up um, several destinations in, in just one swoop, then why not? Be and, and experience also being on a cruise ship with with a family. I haven't been myself. I wanna wanna see how that goes and experience the the formal night where you have to go on formal night and. Especially with my child loves Disney. Maybe we'll consider a Disney Cruise Line because Ooh, you better then- get the checkbook ready. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> so definitely, and for you, my friend, you're considering also all inclusive because you wanna, you know, you know, kind of just just enjoy the the hotel itself, the resort itself. You know, do an overnight and then explore the area more. And then, uh, of course, just n- nothing to worry about looking at your clock. Or is it time to board again or or not? And just picking out the dates. And you, you don't have to arrange your schedule according to your cruise timer. And if it sails only these dates for the month of April and you can't make it that day, then you have other options for an all-inclusive resort. 
Yes, I think it's clear that there's definitely advantages to both, and I'll be the first one to say that cruising is not for everybody. I've taken people on cruises that have never cruised before, and they've both been like, how do you do this and not left their room because they were sick? And then I, mm-hmm. I've taken people on cruises like I'm only vacationing like this from now on ever. So yeah. it's definitely different. What I like about it is like the whole adventure aspect of it. You're constantly moving. You're going somewhere else. You're on like you're on like a mission and you're in this kind of like, I guess, expedition with 3,000 other people and you're all on the same trip. And that's kind of what I like about it. It is a little cheesy. It's not as nice yeah. and laid out as beautifully as it is on an all-inclusive. I think I would get a little stir-crazy on on the all-inclusive but <laughs> i do get yeah. i do get both sides of it and i think you broke it down wonderfully if, if people want to book an all-inclusive vacation with you or a vacation of any place because like i said she's all over the world here uh rosette where could they find you and how should they contact you yeah they can find me at capstoneworldtravel.com or just touch base on my email rosette r-o-s-e-t-t-e at capstoneworldtravel.com Rosette, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You did a great job breaking this whole thing down. And I think while we may not necessarily uh, know which one is better, I think you absolutely helped us clarify the different points of each and be able to help us make that decision as it pertains to ourselves and our own families or whatever uh, a little bit better. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And I appreciate you having me as a guest today. And for me to learn about cruising, now I'm I'm really honestly now interested in yeah why why have i not done it and it it does bring into light the bottom line is we just need to be to go out there there's so much to explore it's an adventure tell your husband there's mini golf on the top deck (laughs) i will i let him know (laughs) (laughs) thank you rosette we'll talk to you again soon will do thank you so much all right that was great All right, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard the point of view from a travel agent from a perspective of someone who only does world journeys as well as all-inclusive resorts. And then you heard my – well, you constantly hear my perspective on cruising. Let's talk to somebody who's done it from both angles. I want to welcome Stu to the show. Stu, welcome back. Hey, buddy. How are you? Very, very good. Thanks for joining us. All right, so I wanted to – let's jump into it right now. So you've done – uh, a couple of all-inclusive resorts. You've enjoyed yourself on those. I know you love cruising. Um, before we get into, you know, if we get into whether, which one you prefer, can you kind of maybe break down some of the glaring differences between the two? I can. I do like both. I would say I'm pretty split down the middle on cruising versus the all-inclusive How resort. How dare you? I know. I know. For those of us that uh, dare to fly through the sky – you see, you have multiple options. When you when you will only uh, you know travel by boat, you're stuck with the cruise. But the all inclusive resort, ne- maverick, navig, <laughs> renegades. I know. Although after uh, this last episode on Southwest with uh, shrapnel flying through windows, I might have to re- rethink my uh, flying to uh, the all inclusive destination spots uh, after last week. Exactly. But I would say the glare, the most glaring difference to me. Um, besides the fact that you're not on a moving ship, is the quality of the uh, amenities. Now, you know, for some people, that's not important. Um, if you, I've, been to, I've been to a couple all-inclusive resorts, both in Cancun, and they were, you know, similar prices to, a, you know, a week on a cruise ship, um, including airfare, 
your hotel, your food, and your drink, just like a cruise, except this one includes the airfare. And you're basically getting the same, you know, the same price. But what you're getting at an all-inclusive resort is a top-notch amenity experience. The room, you know, is four times the size as the room you would stay on on a cruise ship. Let's pull back on marble. that. Four, four times the size? Come on. Let's be realistic. It's, it's huge. The last, the, the last one I stayed at um, – was a place called Via del Palmar in Cancun. You and the did, one before that, you, you did rave about that one. So yeah, definitely it was give insane. them a plug. It was insane, insane marble floors. I mean, you know, balconies with hammocks on them. It was honestly huge, just huge. I'm, I'm not even. That's not even exaggeration. It was literally four times the size of a, of a cruise ship room. You know, for some people, that's not important. If you're going with your wife or your girlfriend or significant other or whatever, and you're going to spend some time relaxing. You know, you might want that. That's not for everyone. Uh, the pools are a glaring difference. You know, we're talking about, I, I told you earlier um, when we spoke that the stop, when we went on the Norwegian Escape and we stopped. It was a Belize, in, Belize at the uh, Private Island Harvest K. Exactly. That that pool, you know, which is the size of a football field and beautiful with a swim-up bar. Well, th- these all-inclusive resorts have a couple of those. So you're, it's a really nice pool, swim-up bars, music playing, you know, not like the tiny little pools you get on a cruise ship. So, you know, if if you're a pool person if like me who likes to be out in the sun all day, if you want to sit by a nice pool that's literally on the beach, you know, 10 feet away so you can go to the beach, jump in the ocean, jump back into the pool, um, it's nice. And then, you know, and then the other glaring difference – you know, again, depends on the cruise ship you go on. But the, you know, the last couple all inclusives I did, the food was just, you know, out of this world. You know, the last one I did, there was five top of the line restaurants, all included. Um, you know, you have a, a steakhouse, which honestly was comparable to any great steakhouse in New York. A sushi place, an Italian place, kind of, I would say, comparable, but probably better than the add-ons on a cruise ship, the ones that you have to pay an extra 30, 40 bucks for, those are the ones that are included in an all-inclusive resort. So, you know, every night you're getting a top-of-the-line meal. So, Wait, Stu, you know, t- tell me about the venue, though. Tell me about the uh, the venue itself, the level of, I guess, decor or fanciness, as well as the, uh, I guess, the expectation from a dress code standpoint. No expectation of dress code, honestly. Just like a cruise ship, you know, you're by day you're literally – you know, there's nothing to do except, you know, sit around the pool and go to the beach. So you're, you know, you're wearing your, your swimsuit. And at night, you know, I've, you know, I saw people going to dinner in shorts and flip-flops and t-shirts. And I saw people wearing slacks and dress shirts, kind of the same as a cruise ship. It's, it's however you make it, whatever you want it to be. Yeah, cruise ships have kind of like, uh, I guess, relaxed their rules a little bit, but you still will. If you go to the main dining room and someone shows up in flip flops and a t shirt and shorts, you'll get you'll get a couple of looks still nowadays, but not so much on the on the uh, all inclusive. Similar, similar. Like you know, it, 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 I would say the same thing. If you go to the nice steakhouse on the property, you know, and you show up, you know, looking like you just rolled out of the beach, they might look at you twice, um, but. And they might they might even say I don't remember exactly they might say, you know, um, you know, sa- you know, no sandals or no, you know, no beaten up sneakers. They might give you a couple suggestions, but I didn't see that strictly enforced at all. Now we just had a travel agent on, and she discussed some of the differences, and you know, probably trying to decipher or break down every single all inclusive resort is probably a tall order because. 
once the model got set by, I think it was Club Med back in the 50s, they were kind of like, they basically were like the carnival cruising of all-inclusive resorts. I think it was where most things were included, and it was pretty set forward and set in stone. Now, when they realized a bunch of success, all sorts of people started copying their models, not unlike cruise ships and also not unlike just some regular hotels. So I'm sure there's varying degrees of things, but I'm trying to wrap my head around what is actually included? Like, if you're going to go in and get the base price, no real upgrades to speak of. If you're going to get like that, you know, what it basically says on the advertisement, what, yep. are, you, what are you going to get? The ones I went to, there weren't even any upgrade options. You literally, it's an all-inclusive. It's airfare, your room, your food, and your drinks. And you literally check in at the front desk of the hotel they put a, which I love, they put a bracelet, you know, like basically one of those plastic hospital bracelets around your wrist. And that's it. Everyone on the property has one. So there's no signing of receipts. There's nothing. You have that bracelet on your wrist for the week. You swim with it. You shower with it. It's on. Can't take it off. And you literally walk up to the bar and they just, you can literally bring a 32 ounce mug that you brought from home up to the bar and say, fill this thing with Grey Goose and they'll do it. Wow. I love that bracelet. I want that bracelet. It's the best. It's the best. I don't think I took mine off for a full week after I got home. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I would just look at it and think free food and booze and just leave it on. Um, and again, you know, you, you tip if you want extra on top of that, like the tip supposedly included, but you know, you bring a bunch of ones and fives and tens and you have your favorite bartender just to, you know, make sure that he, you know, gets to you first if there's any uh, congregation around the bar. But literally, I, I, you don't sign receipts. You don't do anything like that. Now you. So the thing is, you. This is a little conflicting. The information. So you went to a resort. I'm trying to figure out if your experiences were the norm or not. I I didn't. I felt like from my research that there were a lot of places out there from an all-inclusive standpoint that did participate in that whole, well, this is this level, but if you go to this, you can get this, or if you go to this. Now, do do you remember approximately how much you paid? I do. I want to say I want to say around 16, 1700 per person for the week, which included my flight my room, my food, my drinks. And I, and I would say, you know, you go on any of those websites, uh, you know, cheapcaribbean.com or any, you know, or whatever, any of these travel web websites um, to, to buy these all-inclusives, um, the prices range, you know, from like anywhere from the low 1,000s, like say 1,200 for the week to a little over 2,000, depending on how nice the resort is. Some are nicer than others. There's, t- I read like a thousand reviews before I ever picked one, and you can get a good feel about you know the guest experience based based on how they describe the rooms, the food, the amenities, all that stuff, the fitness center. Um, that's another thing I didn't mention with the amenities. They all have really nice fitness centers comparable to the cruise ship kind, right? Um, Especially in the newer, better ships. Right. Now, well, let me ask you this. Uh, are they, you know, if you get a, you know, you go on a cruise, you get the cruise compass and the, uh, whatever you call it, the freestyle daily or the, uh, fun times you, yep. you have something going on every five minutes. Now I am sure they have some stuff going. Is it on the level of the cruise, whether it's entertainment, you know, I know you are a little critical is of not. the entertainment. Is it on that level or no? It is not. That's the, that's the one drawback I would say, you know, if you're a, kind of like a beach bum like me and you're just content to sit by the pool all day and get some sun and jump in the pool um, and just swim up to the bar and have drinks and literally just relax all day. 
it's for you. Now they'll have stuff. They'll have beach sports, like on the on you know you can walk ten feet to the beach, and they'll have kayaks, and they'll have included, you know, included floats, um, little paddle boards, that kind of stuff. Snorkeling, snorkeling like, included. I think snorkeling would be included if you want like jet ski stuff like that would be additional. Um, okay, so and motorized. They also, they also do excursions just like a cruise ship. Like you literally can go to the front desk in the hotel and book excursions. Like I did that just like, like you do off of a cruise ship. You know, I, I did a, an all, you know, an all you can drink like catamaran thing where you snorkel and, and swim over some reef, that kind of stuff. There's dolphin swims. There's go visit Tulum for the day. There's so you oh, can take excursions okay. from, from the resort, but what you don't have is a casino you don't have a piano bar you don't have galleries to shop in is you there an have... onset nightclub there that's and that's the other thing there's one like cheesy room with like a really cheesy almost like high school production of some budget musical it's okay. not on the level of like a cruise ship um you know well done show and again some cruise ships are better than others, but uh, the one you know for for like the, the stuff that we saw on the Escape and better ships, it's it's a hundred times better than you'll get at an all inclusive resort. Yeah, well, it sounds like and, and for what you say for what you're what they're packaging together and the amenities and stuff like that. Yes, it is one. It's you know six versus a half dozen. It, it, to be honest with you, you know why I love cruising. You know I love going on that adventure. You know I love taking it to the high seas and kind of just going at it with 3,000 people and you're all in the same and you get to wake up in a different place every day. You know, one thing you got to look at as a drawback for the for the all-inclusive is, you know, if you get that one storm that kind of wants to sit there for a couple of days, you get Correct. kind of screwed. Yep. Correct. And there's also something, even though at an all-inclusive you're – you know, you're sitting on a beach looking out at the ocean. There's something about being surrounded by ocean on a ship where you're literally at the mercy of the sea. You're in the middle of the water. You wake up. You don't know where you are in the world, you know, at that point. Yeah, you, it's an you know, adventure. There's an adventure it, aspect to it. It is. There is an adventure aspect to it, which I really like. And, you know, even though, you know, it's whether you dock in Belize or Honduras or Aruba or Nassau or wherever – um, even though you're doing the same things, like you're going to go snorkel or you're going to go jet ski or you're going to go um, zip lining, you know, you can do that at all those things at an all-inclusive resort. There's something about like the adventure of, oh, I, but I did it in Belize and then the next day I did it in Nassau. And there's something about like touching land in different countries that's kind of like that adventure. Oh, I just I just accomplished something cool that I'm going to have cool stories about and, and tell my friends and family. I just, I just touched land in four different countries and did this in one and did this in another. It's kind of cool. I, I agree. That's kind of well, you're summing it up for what, what I love about it most. And, uh, it's pretty much it. The one thing I did notice, and I said this to the travel agent, sorry to the guests for repeating myself, but I want to bring it to your attention. This one thing, one thing I think is just underestimated about the all-inclusive fact, all-inclusive factor that I never really thought of until I actually went through the process of booking a trip to see how that process was. Dude, you just you book when you want to book. That's it, period, end of story. You want to go here, you book for here. Okay, three days? You want to you know what? Maybe four, maybe eight, maybe nine. 
and you just book, you completely customize the length of time and location of your vacation versus cruising. When is this ship leaving out of here? When does it come back? Well, this one is a six day or well, I really kind of really wanted to do an eight day. Well, you can't do an eight day or because they only go for six day. You know what I mean? That's a yeah. huge, that's a huge factor that I, that I kind of like discovered late in this research. That is, that is very cool because, you know, as you and I have talked, there's so many times when, you know, we book a seven-day cruise, we're like, oh, man, I wish we could have done like nine. Yeah. Nine would have been the perfect amount. And you can, yeah, you're right. You can do that in all-inclusive. Stay as long as you want. Yeah. All right. Well, again, I, like I said to the last the last travel agent, you know, when uh, you know when Rosette came on the on the on the air, I don't really think there is an answer better or worse for me. The one thing I will say, I'll say this, though. I'll say this. I know about a hundred cruise groups out there that are fanatics that make up shirts that run around, you know, chasing these cruise ships. They're fans of the cruise ships. You know, they, they're just a little bit of a kind of fanatical group. I don't know. You don't really see the all inclusive. Maybe that's a testament for them that they don't really have to get so hyped up about their all inclusive, but it's, it's I think there's so many all inclusives though, too. You know, there's, there's however many ships there are, there's literally like thousands, literally thousands you know, in whether it's Jamaica, Dominican, Cancun, wherever, and there's literally a thousand, thousand all inclusives. So people are spread out. I, it's tough to get like yeah, fans. The of, loyalty, the, right? Right. I right. got you. Um, but I'm I'm honestly split. I really have a, a love for both of them. I've had I haven't had a bad experience on a cruise ship, and I haven't had a bad experience at an all inclusive. And also, the other thing is part of it depends on the group you're going with. Yeah. Again, like like if you're going with a with um just your significant other um and you're gonna have like a just a relaxed romantic you know chill week you might enjoy the amenities of the pools and the really beautiful room and the privacy just privacy yeah the comfort aspect if you're looking to party um you know you might not care about that stuff but then again the all-inclusives um range in you know, there's party all-inclusives, which kind of are cheaper, and they cater toward more of a spring break crowd, and the amenities aren't quite as great, but people are, are punching beach balls around in the pool all day, and there's loud DJ music at the pool. Then there's the more upscales that kind of price out the riffraff, and it's more adult, and it's more relaxing. So you, you kind of get your pick of the litter, sort of like a cruise ship. Yeah, no, it makes sense. All right, cool. The, the purpose of this was just to kind of just at least clarify or bring to the top of the water and identify uh, the differences between the two so everybody out there could have a full plate of knowledge knowing whether or not they want to go from one or maybe step away from one of them that they continue to do and maybe experience the other. But uh, appreciate you coming on for a few minutes, buddy. Anytime, my friend. All right, Cones, we are back. It's your time to shine. And now it's time for the emails. This is from you guys want to email me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. As you guys have seen over the past several months, you guys have become an integral part of the show with your emails. And you guys are keeping the show moving by taking up a good amount of time. This is what I'm going to ask, though. I'm starting to get more emails, and they're coming in hot and heavy. And I am in no way, shape, or form complaining about that. But I'm going to ask two things. Little bit of extra on the proofreading um, because it kind of slows things down, and I kind of have to decipher what you're saying. I can't read to begin with that well, so uh, just to uh, you know to help me out with the proofreading would be big because we can flow right through it. As well as we got to keep them a little bit more concise. I had to edit a couple of things. Some people write a page and a half, two page emails. While I appreciate that with all my heart. 
it is a little tough to, uh, you know, get them all in and read them all. But uh, I left a couple of them kind of long this week. But in the future, let's just keep them concise and let's get them proofread. Am I sounding like I'm starting to make demands? I don't want to do that. I'm so happy you guys are emailing me. I'm appreciative of it. But uh, in order to kind of make the show move along quicker, I'll just request those couple of things. All right, here we go. Hey, Tommy, congrats on making the big leap. So I generally book cruises via the cruise line CruCon or Cruises.com apps. I have booked with a few others, but I have found that all are generally the same price with some minor exceptions, though some may include a freebie or onboard credit. I'll definitely check in with you before I book something else. Looking for a Thanksgiving cruise on Carnival or Princess as of now. With that said, can you also book flights? That is generally where things start to fall apart when I look outside the U.S. or even past my home port, Galveston. Have you ever used a consolidator? As this is the first time I've heard about it. Thanks. I'll be in Brooklyn in August if you want to grab a beer. Craig. Craig, yes, definitely let's grab a beer in uh, August. Maybe we come to the city, though. I don't know. I don't uh, do so well out in Hipsterville. My sister lives out there, but, you know, I don't always cross that bridge and go into Brooklyn. Uh, it's just a lot of uh, wacky stuff out there. And then you, the hipster vibe, me don't mix. But I will, if you know, if you can't leave Brooklyn, let's have a beer either way, Craig. All right, so as far as your Thanksgiving cruises, I'll be glad to look into those for you if you'd like me to. And then uh, flights, yes, I have several different consolidators in my Rolodex, and uh, we can look at those. It's really not that uh, difficult or complicated. We can find something for you. Um, hit me up in a separate email. Just let me know what your requirements are. And I'll be glad to help out, Craig. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the email. And most of all, thank you for listening. All right. Tommy, I want to let you know that your new audio upgrades sound great. I have always enjoyed your podcast and your off-the-cuff style of telling it the way you see it. Your honesty goes a long way with me. Good luck with all your upcoming adventures. Keep up the great work. Joe Kokomo Alexander, P.S., wasn't Mike, retired NYPD, supposed to go on another cruise this past March. His last cruise interview was crazy. <laughs> Big Joe. Mike, you got a fan out there. Uh you got a uh, yes. He did go on another cruise. Um, I don't know how well it received. Nobody really complained about the uh, Swingers cruise. He did go on another one, and yeah, we'll put it out there. We'll do all the forewarnings and stuff like that. If you're easily offended, do not listen to this podcast. But yeah, we'll put it out there. I just got off the phone with Mike, and uh, he's doing good. But um, I'll remind him that uh, we got to give the people what they want. You know what I mean? Thanks again, Joe. I appreciate you listening. And uh, yeah, the off the cuff style. It's really the only way we know. What else are we going to do? Be somebody we're not? Not really going to get that far for that long doing it that way. All right. Hi, Tommy. All right. Here's where... Okay. Some of them start to get long. Uh, this is Giuseppe. Giuseppe had to cut this down a little bit. I'm sorry. Hi, Tommy. Yet another fan. Uh, yes, another fan. You asked in your last podcast for some input about your full-time efforts into the travel business. You already know that there are a heap of travel agents. What there is not is a heap of Tommy always be booked. These are my observations. People enjoy your New York New York accent. People are intimidated by the size and choices in New York slash New Jersey where we are. You love cruising and you're not an old retiree and you still can see things from the point of view of a younger crowd who wants to party. If it comes to New York or leaves from New York, you can book it at the same price as they can with the cruise line. Your customer doesn't realize that when you do the booking as a licensed travel agent, you get a commission at no extra cost to them. Make yourself the Mr. All Things New York, New York, i.e. itinerary, creation, bookings, recommendations, etc. for a fee. Their own personal New York buddy that will look out for them. Um, 
Giuseppe, what you're talking about is like a concierge. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's a good idea. You might not see it as I do, but I see New York, your in-depth knowledge, and a cruise nerd as a USL, which is a unique selling point. I agree with you on all those things, Giuseppe. Appreciate the support, the advice. Uh, I have business plans written up, and a lot of the stuff that are in the business plans are exactly those words, and you also put on a couple of other things that I hadn't thought about um, in the longer version of your email that make a lot of sense. It's just a matter of, like I said, at the beginning of the top of the show, I did have to go back to work. I didn't have to, I guess. I could have kind of grinded it out and eventually just been that starting, uh, starving startup entrepreneur that kind of battles it out. Honestly, I like I like to do things. I like to be able to go out and get drinks. I like to be able to go on two, three cruises a year. I like to do what I like to do. So, you know, I, I don't know. Having uh, having income coming back in is a little bit of a temptation for me, a little bit too much of a temptation for me to resist. So I'm going to do that. In lieu of that, I am going to have some more time, and you're going to get a show on a way more regular basis. I don't like to do promises, but I am. what I'm shooting for is Sunday nights, into Monday, so you'll be able to have that ready for your Monday commute. Um, oh, he's got a PS here. A lot of PSs this week too. What, what's you know? Let's try. Let's keep the uh, <laughs> keep all all the information in the body of the email. So, what do you got here? PS: If I had to go uh, to a person who knew cruising in New York when we traveled to New York a few years ago, I would have definitely made us made use of the service. But I didn't know anyone, and I didn't trust all the hype on the internet. So we did it ourselves, and you. And you are now becoming personable, like a friend, someone that we have known for a while because of the podcast. That means that's the exact thing I'm going for, and that seems like the exact compliment that I get most, and that's what I'm really looking for. Just so you guys know, it's the same thing to you guys. Like I said, uh, when I'm doing this podcast, I don't feel like I'm talking into a microphone or talking to a wall. I really feel like I'm talking to all of you guys who are emailing me, all of you guys and girls who are listening over, you know, wherever you are out there. So. It is a mutual thing, you know. It's 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 great. I think it's great, and I think it's only going to get better from here. All right, moving on. Hi, Tommy. I ran across your podcast recently, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm new to cruising, but I am growing to love it. Great. We'd love to hear that. Your podcast has a certain joy de vivre. Am I a moron? I don't know how to say that. It's a French thing. Maybe it's I'm just not pronouncing it right. Maybe it's one of those things you hear all the time, but you don't never see it on paper. But it's some French ex ex uh, ex. I guess um, expression that I don't know what it is. Uh, a certain joy de vivre, vivre, vivre. I'll stop even trying. I'm sorry, Angie. Uh, congrats on setting up your travel agency. I'm curious. In this day and age, when you can do all your own bookings online, what's your take on why someone would use a travel agent? P.S. Don't apologize for ads or monetization. It's par for the course. And usually, podcast ads are kind of funny. Angie. Angie, thank you, and that's a great question because it really gives me a chance to answer it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't set that up. I didn't put Angie in there, but Angie asks why, why you use a travel agent? Yes, you can go online and you can book through Expedia. When you go through Expedia or you know Priceline or Travelhost or whatever, haven't you noticed that you're kind of just booking through a computer? You know, you have to do your research. You have to go through everything. Like what I plan to do, and again, the answer is I never used a travel agent, and I'm not knocking any other travel agents out there. But I, in my opinion, you know, when I told my, uh, <laughs> if you think I'm funny, if you think I'm funny, listen to this one. When I told my sister. I'm going to be a travel agent uh, during our uh, Christmas 
dinner or birthday dinner, whatever it was, her response to me without even hesitating with perfect timing was, oh, yeah, that's great. 1991 called. They want their profession back. <laughs> Can't get mad at that. I loved it. That was funny. So the answer is, is that if I was just in this to be just a travel agent, wouldn't work. First of all, I want to be the media company too. But why would you book through a travel agent? I don't know. But why would you book through me? Because of the fact that A, I do have a passion for booking vacations, for looking up cruises, for finding great deals on cruises, for matching certain people up with the perfect cruise vacation that's right for them, whether it's ship-based itinerary, whether it's a itinerary-based itinerary, whether it's a value, whether it's home port, where you're cruising out of, all those things aligned with your personality where do you like to go what do you like to do you know you're do you are you going to be able to do that i remember the first cruise i booked you know what i mean i had no idea what i was doing it ended up great because i booked i ended up falling into a grand turk san juan and st thomas itinerary but it was on the carnival miracle which you know was a very nice ship but you know not really something i'd look to sign up for today at this point in the cruising career unless it was a massively awesome uh you know uh, port driven itinerary so I can basically figure out a way to put you with the perfect vacation. I would spend hourless amounts of time doing that. That's not fun for everybody. It's fun for me. So I would do that. Another reason, representation. When you book through to Expedia, uh, do you have a personal travel agent making sure everything's okay? When you leave the country, a lot of things can go wrong. A lot of problems can happen. And uh, you know things can get screwed up. And if you have just you, They say, okay, we're sorry, 10% off your next vacation. When you have a travel agent who has the backing of a host company who has clients all across the world, you have a little bit more weight and things can happen a little bit more quickly. You know, upgrades can happen, repairs can be made, corrections can be taken care of. Things start to move a little bit quicker when you're dealing with a travel agent if there are those unforeseen problems, God forbid. Also, um, perks, little giveaways, little tiny little things, just things that make it a little bit, at least let's call them nice touches, you know, onboard credit, decorate the rooms, uh, cards, shot glasses, little things, you know, that, that just make it a nicer little little trip. Did it cost Norwegian a- any money? How much did it cost them to make sure that because they know I was on board to interview the cruise director that I got a specialty dessert every single day right around the middle of the day? Didn't probably cost them that much, but you know what? It made me feel like I got something out of the deal. Oh, wow. You know, they recognize, you know, somebody who's on the ship who, you know, is on VIP, whatever status you want to call that. It feels good. Oh, also from my standpoint, my personal standpoint, I plan on taking this thing to the next level. What I plan on doing is I have a plan to reach out to every single human being in the Caribbean who has a business. And what I want to do is, and I don't think I've revealed this before, but I want to go at everybody and basically make them an offer, make them fill out a questionnaire, talk to them, find out who works for them, find out what their specialty is, you know, what's their specials, and basically use the audience of you guys to to hopefully tell them that I have a captive audience that I am going to steer towards your business in exchange for you to pass on some discounts to them. So I am going to try to work out personal relationships uh, hardcore in-depth information about these establishments along with a discount to be able to pass back to you so that when you go on these cruises and you deal with me, this is just a side, a, a, an added benefit of what you're going to get if you book with, with Always Be Booked. So I'm not trying to turn this into an advertisement, but your question was very, very, I guess, uh, a, a gift to me to be able to kind of give you all the things that I plan on bringing to the table as a travel agent. If you Now, here's the problem. Here's the, here's the back end of it. 
I've already booked a couple of cruises this past weekend, and the process is not easy for me right now. It's not difficult, but it's not, what would you call it, fluid or smooth. I have to ask questions. I have to go back. If somebody asks me a question, uh, I have to kind of like, oh, I'll call you back with that answer. I'll call you back with this answer. But that is just on administrative stuff. It's almost like the quarterback who has all the tools, has all the foundational stuff, but he doesn't have the real NFL knowledge yet. He's not quite NFL ready, but at the same time, you know he's going to get there and he's going to be far and away better because the stuff that is important, the drive, the dedication, the passion, the knowledge, and you know the, the relationships, they all, all are there. What would you rather have? To ask me a couple of questions and make me have to call you back five or six times because I don't know the answer to this technical stuff on the actual booking process and then be able to get the perfect dream vacation of your lifetime? Or would you have rather have some real smooth person who can flow through the call real fast, get you to that yes, get your name on that dotted line and your credit card number, and then all of a sudden you got a generic vacation that the same thing that they booked for everybody else? I mean, I know what I would pick. So, you know, and then that first part of it where I'm stumbling a little bit, that's going to go away with every booking. Okay, so I saw that problem. I fixed that problem. It's just ideally you don't make the same mistake twice. All right. Here's a long one. Um, This is from this next one is from. All right. Bear with me for a second. Steven. Steven. Uh, you you have no idea. I'm going to speak out of two sides of my mouth here. You have no idea how much I appreciate you emailing me, listening to the show, and taking the time to write such a long email. But, Stephen, you can't write these longs of emails. I'm going to read this one because it's just uh, kind of like it, it, it takes you for a journey. So it's just interesting. But we got to cut them down. we got to shorten them. And then uh, also, I can't read your whole email. You say there's some things at the end there that I can't read. But, all right, here we go. Hello, Tommy. Greetings from San Diego. I've been listening to your show for about a year and enjoy your commentary and stories. It also helps that it's longer than 30 minutes, which is convenient for my daily commute. You often mention what is sailing like on the West Coast. Why not give it a shot? You have your new company you're building, working hard to promote your brand and so on. Dare I say get on a plane? Ha ha. And try it out. As I am sure you know, the Long Beach Port not only is the carnival location, but also the retired Queen Mary Hotel, which is pretty cool or a pretty cool experience, especially for a pre-cruise sailing stay night. By the way, that hotel is almost always available oh, sorry, on Groupon for way better than their on-site offers. I don't recall if you said you've ever been out to San Diego or not, but you got to give us a try. We may not get tons of ships. Uh, we have beautiful weather, great beer, awesome sights, unlimited pockets that will strain your neck, and countless other stuff that I'm sure you love. All right, let me just break that one down first. So, again, no, I have not been to San Diego. Uh, I probably should get out there at some point. Um, I heard it's beautiful. I heard it is hands down the best weather in the entire country, and that sounds absolutely right because you get the, it's kind of it's always sunny, but it's also kind of cool too. Um, I did hear that it's, it's, it's not known for the pockets. I hear it's known a little bit more for the sausage part of it. I heard that uh, it's earned the moniker Man Diego in terms of its population. I heard there's a lot of dudes out there. Who knows? I'm sure there's girls. San Diego, come on. I'm sure there's plenty of girls out there. But either way, that's not what we're talking about. Hopefully nobody gets offended too much by the pocket talk. We're just having some fun. Um, all right, I'm going to move on. I rarely give ever give feedback on podcast shows. But you struck a chord with chair hoggers, or should I say chair lice? Yes, chair lice in terms to – I'm going to skip on beyond that because he goes into why why they call them chair lice, and 
it, it's it's funny, but again, we we got uh, only so much time in the day here. You asked for feedback on chair hoggers. They suck, as if you couldn't tell already. LOL. Unless you are physically using them or actively involved in the immediate pool area, grabbing quick drinks, swim and such, why hog them? We feel, why feel compelled that you can just save these seats? I've always wondered if the cruise lines will come out with some various... So he goes into what he thinks they should happen for the... Uh, cruise lines to be able to save some of these seats and i have to say steven a lot of those are in place but another option is for guests to use attached signs on the foot of their chair when they are not actively being used signifying when they will be back with a max of 15 minutes this would have one of those rolodex style clocks on it to which they can set them uh to the time of their return uh the pool monitor would then remove the items when the clock expires and they can get their junk from security um steven you're out of your mind with that one are you kidding me (laughs) Are you serious? We're all going to get our handmade clock, our, our, our clocks. Okay, here's your chair. Here's your towel. Don't forget your clock in case you want a chair hug. And then uh, that's going to be some, um, I guess, binding, legally binding thing. That So what happens? I, I walk by and I want to, I'm not, I think you've been gone too long. I move your clock. And I say, that's what the clock said. You know what I mean? There's just too much left for uh, openness there and, and too much left for interpretation. Lastly, Reserve the chairs. Charge a small nominal. You can't do that either. You can't reserve the chairs for a fee of a dollar per hour <clears throat> because it's just uh, it's gonna it's gonna clog them up. People are going to clog up all the chairs, reserve them, pay the dollar an hour, whatever it is, and whether they show up there or not. Now think about that. When they reserve for a dollar an hour, they paid. Now they got you. They they can they can say, I am not getting up. I don't care where I go. I'm gonna go to the I'm going to go for a two-hour bingo game and come back to my chair because I paid my dollar. You're going to have a hard time with that. And also, you're just going to backlog the system to where half the people that don't even plan on showing up are just going to throw $3 down because it's $3 and they may want the chairs. And then you're going to have a bunch of empty chairs, but you can't give them up because those people technically did pay. So you're going to have a little problem with that. So yeah, some of these ideas are a little wacky there, Stephen. I'm not going to lie to you. We don't lie to each other, right, brother? I mean, yeah, you're out of your mind with a couple of these, but... um. All right, moving on. It gets worse, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Stephen, I love you, but this is this is where it really this is where it really starts to get weird. Uh, regarding your remarks about you, Doug, and cruise trips TV, and by the way, those aren't my remarks. Somebody suggested a group cruise, and I just responded to the email. I, I certainly wasn't. I was kind of making light of it, knowing it would probably never happen. So regarding your remarks about you, Doug, and Cruise Tips TV lady from going on a joint cruise together, why not? The two of them never mention your show, but you continually advertise them. They get free advertising off your work. Uh, do, hold on. I'm going to stop right there because, A, that's not true. I was a regular uh, at some point. Uh, Doug is, has been on my show. I've been on his show. He's mentioned me. We, he, sometimes he's done it roastingly and funny and good humor. I've done it back to him. It's it's a back and forth. So, yeah, it's been a little while, but people travel. So it's been a little while. But Doug has always been more than fair with me on his show, and I appreciate everything that he ever has done for me. And, by the way, yes, that is the show you should be listening to. Um, so informative, so concise, so detailed. It's a very different show than this. But it is the gold standard as far as I'm concerned. And um, as far as Sherry, Sherry always mentions me. Sherry's always, if, if she's doing a live stream, she's been very, very generous about mentioning the group on Facebook. She's mentioned the podcast. I know she listens uh, to a lot of the episodes. I'm sure she doesn't get to all of them. But, um, you know, it's just about the commute. So when people commute, they put on the show, and it kind of ends up being like mindless. And you check in and check out mentally. You know, you're thinking about other things. I start talking about something boring. 
they you know people start thinking about other things so who knows who knows how much anybody listens to anybody but um sherry has always been very very generous to the point where i've had to even tell her you know when i when i give you shouts out shout outs it's not because i'm expecting it in return and here's the main thing more important than anything i just said regarding those two particular um you know outlets cruise tips tv and cruise radio they are so far and away what I am as far as from a notoriety standpoint, also from a talent standpoint, like the two of them too. Also, first of all, Sherry is, I don't know. She, she's a freak. I don't know how she comes off that polished. I don't know how she comes with some people just have it. They just naturally so polished on the air. It just becomes like a finished product without even ever having any training. And then you go to Doug, Doug is trained. Doug is a seasoned radio pro. Doug can do any radio show. Doug can, if, even if it wasn't about cruising, Doug could get on the air and probably hold, do, produce, engineer a radio program by itself. I said the difference between radio programs and podcasts before. You're going to hear my ambulance go by. You're going to hear my cell phone go off. You're not hearing that on Doug's show. Doug's show is a tight radio show. So what you're talking about is two people who are so far and away ahead of me in this business that even if I did shout them from the rooftops, I should be gratitude that they would even just email me back. You know what I'm saying? So for them to it's responsibility, it's not a fair trade-off. You know, I don't know how many exactly how many listeners I got. I'm proud of my listenership. I think it's growing all the time. I think I do have talent. I think I'm coming up in the game a little bit. I I do fancy myself in this show as the little show that could that's going to one day hopefully be a great show. But right now. I just like hanging out with you guys. I like, you know, using the cruise knowledge and the expert expertise that I've gained over the last seven or eight years. And I do believe I do I do bring a lot to the table in that regard. And I think the show is getting better. But you know, talk about the listenership and the subscribership between me and them. I could do that anyway. I could. That's like saying I can. I should be yelling out Howard Stern every day and saying Howard Stern's a great broadcaster. Howard, would you think the same thing? Uh, Tommy, you're shouting on Howard Stern. You, stop, because why doesn't he shout out you? I'm going to call him up, Howard, you know? Mention your name three times last week on the show. I don't get it. Well, when are we going to get it back here? They'll laugh at you. It's not the same level, not the same exact thing, but that's what you got to start thinking along those lines. Their, my value, their value of uh, me shouting them out is not really going to move the meter as much for them. While if they shout me out and give me all this... It's not right. It's not, I don't pay them to advertise. They have advertisers. They have a, They have people that pay them to do those things. And any small little mention I get from them is beyond appreciated. But no, it's not. And and how about this? They do mention me. So it's all. It's a Stephen. You're you're way off on here again. I love you. Love you. So appreciative of you listening to the show and writing and spending the time. And I want you to. I'm not. I'm not knocking you for this, but I'm just kind of explaining where my head is at with this. And, and I'm basically what I'm doing is giving you the reality of what it is. They don't get a lot of free advertising off my work, as you as you say. All right, moving on. Do some collaboration. And maybe in the future, I think you get, Stephen, I think you get even more off the rails coming up if you guys want to hear this. Do some collaboration. And maybe in the future, you can make it a company with all three of your concepts in one. Doug provides guys got it all planned out. Doug provides the formatting for the podcast, the contacts within the industry to get exclusive interviews and such. You provide the discussions and points and vacation booking power being a travel agent and Sherry provides the video stream and media production. There is no one else doing it, and given how much knowledge the three of you combined carry, you'd be fools to miss out on this opportunity to <laughs> 
<laughs> Sherry, Doug, are you guys hearing this? If you're listening, you guys would be fools to miss out on this opportunity. I mean, come on. Guys, listen up here. Are you, you going to let the parade go by here? <laughs> uh, you would be fools to miss out on this opportunity to combine your forces. Your know-how and passions will lead you lead to you all growing. Picture it now. You have the podcast, yours and Doug's, the videos from Sherry, which could also become vlogs for your podcast, ship tours and tricks, and vacation booking power and ability. I don't know about you, but I see revenue and a cruise lover's paradise. Cruise critic, watch out. Your ABB company would grow and absorb the two other podcasts. <laughs> your ABB company would grow and absorb the two other podcast viewership groups. Obviously, the name and structure of the company would need to be fine-tuned. Yes, that's it. That's all that needs to be done now. We got it all wrapped up. I think the whole thing's squared away. And we just may have to fine-tune it a little bit. Uh, thanks for the awesome podcast, and I look forward to your post-cruise podcast. Keep them coming, Stephen. Stephen, I hope you took my ribbing, my roasting in jest. It's all good fun. We're all having fun here. Um, <clears throat> I don't. I come on. That's that's funny. That's funny stuff right there. I had to laugh at that. Uh, I, let's just put it like this: If you want me to be dead serious, I made fun of it a little bit, Stephen. I appreciate it. You're putting a little too much faith in uh, me. As a you know, on, on the level with those two, it's just not there, and um, yeah, you know, it just doesn't happen like that where people just you know, all right, we all are in the same kind of space, it's cruising, you know what I mean? We all have a good relationship, we're all like each other, and we all get along well, but you know, we're all in three different parts of the country, and uh, you know, jumping into it's it, the, the concept is ridiculous to begin with because again, I would have the most to gain. I would I would be like, you know what, hanging on and being lucky to be a part of that. So there's no reason for that to happen. What we're going to do here, Stephen, is continue to affiliate, you know, with everybody in the cruising space. Big shout out to the cruise dudes. Uh, big shout out to uh, Matt Hodgeberg from Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. There's others out there. Um, and we're all just going to exist here. We're going to do what we do. Maybe sometimes we come together on things and sometimes we don't. Now, I'll say this, Doug. Sherry, if you're listening, this is what I do propose. A one-off, we should do a one-off. Matt, anybody? We should do a one-off. We can go somewhere central, maybe like Orlando. I have some connections there. And we should, or maybe a, maybe maybe do like a cruise con, like a, just a whole event based around cruising, maybe like sort of like a trade show, maybe get like a Jimmy Buffett-type band to perform, maybe get some other entertainment, maybe get, you know, all the other bloggers and stuff could show up and things like that. I, a one, I think that would be cool. Maybe do like a one-off event, maybe. But yeah, like everybody realigning and redesigning their whole business model, you know, and and having me be a part of that. This, it's Stephen. It's uh, with all with all the respect. We had a little fun with you, Stephen. But that's a little. Let's borderline clinically insane. But thank you for listening, Stephen. And Stephen, write me back. Yell at me. See what you say. Uh, see what. See what. Uh, I'm I'm anxious to hear what you think uh, regarding that, um, but and I also do appreciate the faith that you have in me putting me up, putting my name up there with those people who I, at this point in the game, do not belong with whatsoever. Um, all right, moving on. The three ports I have on the Harmony of the Seas. Wait, hold on. Is this still you, Stephen? No. All right, the next email I have is from Brandon. Brandon, I think, I don't know if this is how you put this down or I'm joining the party late. I erased some of it maybe, but I'm going to read from what I have. The three ports I have in the Harmony of the Seas are Labadee, Cozumel, and Falmouth, Jamaica. I book 
for the ships more than for the ports. So it's a perfect itinerary for me since three since it's three official sea days and they are spaced out. Hopefully the ferry boat issues in Cozumel will be taken care of so I can go to Explore Park. Yes, I saw that um Explore looked awesome. I was planning on doing it or maybe possibly doing it, but it just didn't happen. It was too much organization with the other people that, you know, I got vetoed probably. We could probably could have pushed for it, but again, we, we didn't end up doing that. A quick tip, I was able to save 25% on all my excursions and the drink packages. I just had to check the site every day and wait for them to go on sale. Yeah, Royal Caribbean does that. Just be sure and know what they normally cost because they will lie and say it's on sale when it's really not the same goes for any sales perks they claim to be have going on when you book your cruise i'll share my two cents on a few of the topics you talked about all right here we go brandon tips even if the company gets some of the dollars cruising is still the cheapest way to travel if someone goes above and beyond i'll give extra money though that doesn't happen as much as it used to with freestyle dining and not having the same wait staff every night i want the company to make i want the company to make money because if they don't then they will start cutting back on things but i think what you're saying i think you're responding to the woman who was talking about the uh, tips for the crew i think really her plight was just more not necessarily about us having to pay more it was more about her plight trying to make sure i don't think she even minded the tips she was uh, basically talking about the cruise line taking tips from the crew. She didn't like that. I agree with her cause. Again, it just wasn't, like I said, I'm not getting my hands dirty with that right now. Um, <clears throat> overordering food. Eating food is one of the highlights of a cruise for me, so I have no issues at all ordering two or three entrees and several desserts. <laughs> yeah. It's my boy. I typically cruise with a group of six. So even if someone tries something new, they wouldn't order on land and someone in our group will finish it off or at least try it out. Elevator. I always try and book my cabin within three flights of stairs to all major areas. This way it cuts down on the amount of times I have to use the elevator. If you're healthy, you have no excuse to use the elevator for one or two floors. I agree with you 100%. Walking out of the shows. I don't have a problem with someone leaving the show as long as they follow proper etiquette like saying excuse me, avoiding contact, and only give it, getting up one at a time. I would also say to use the bathroom before the show starts so you don't have to get up in the middle of the shows uh, since they typically last 45 minutes. If this is kind of things bothers you, uh, try to avoid sitting on the end of the if this is the kind of thing that bothers you, try to avoid sitting at the end of the aisle. Yeah, you're right. That makes sense. Uh, chair hogging. It seems to me that more casual or new cruisers do this more than hardcore cruisers do. I think the ship needs to do a better job of making people aware that they aren't supposed to do this. Then take one or two guys on sea days and enforce it. This problem is very easily fixed and requires very little effort to enforce. I will make some. It will make some people mad, but in the business world, you have to look out for the greater good. I would say put the limit at 30 minutes. I agree with you, Brendan. On the topic of carrying someone back to your cabin, hopefully... Everyone has a better... Oh, okay. This is if you find something that you may be getting into on a romantic level. On the topic of carrying someone back to your cabin, ideally you're not having to carry them back. Brandon, what are we doing? We're trying to get arrested here. What are we, roofing? No, that's not what we're doing. You don't, you don't need to carry. If you need to carry, don't take them back to your room. That's the official advice from Always Be Booked. On the top, but I'm going to read his email as it says. On the topic of carrying someone back to your cabin, hopefully everyone has a better roommate than me who is always back in the cabin asleep by 11. So, all right. So you wouldn't be the best as far as if you're trying to get someone back to the room. If anyone is interested... I have a cruise song playlist on Spotify with over 80 songs. It's under Harmony of the Seas Cruising Songs. Username BravesFan19. You just lost me with the username, Brandon. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, man. Some great, great memories back in 1996 and 98. Uh, good times. Let's go, Yankees. 
Sorry, Brandon. Thank you for the email, and thank you for listening, seriously. Hey, Tommy, it's been a while since I emailed you, but after the last few months, you have had your commitment to the ABB brand a whole. Did you call me an a-hole? No. (laughs) It's been a while since I emailed you, but after the last few months, you have had, and your commitment to the ABB brand a a whole, I figured I would reach out. Again, just I don't know what you mean there. Maybe a little proofreading. Uh, First, as always, I enjoyed the recent podcast. I was laughing too hard at the cock and ball art left on someone's dry erase board. I had to walk away from my desk at work so I wouldn't disturb people. That's what I like to hear. Um, I'm glad you started the ABB blog. It gives me a perspective surrounding cruise topics that are relatable. Second, I would definitely want to consider using you for my future cruise traveling. Right now, I am already locked in on the Carnival Dream in September, but my next cruise won't be till 2020 because the wife and I want to have a wonderful Alaskan cruise with two kids on our 10th anniversary. I'm here for you, buddy. 2020. In 2020, we were going to book a cruise together. Um, I wish you much success with ABB, and I'll definitely refer to you to friends as a reputable cruise travel agent. I look forward to hearing more of the podcast, Sydney. Sydney, thank you so much. That means the world to me. Again, I say it over and over again. It gets repetitious, but again, I'm going to say it again. Every time you guys reach out, it's very humbling. It's very heartwarming to hear you guys, you know, you know, just honestly just listening to the show, let alone writing emails like this and, and putting forth sentiments like you are. And, uh, you know, when you recommend me as a travel agent, if you're going to, again, I get I get the first couple of bookings, the first three bookings or so, it was weird. It was wacky because, I again, I had like, okay, so the, okay, now it's time to pay. So I go to pay, fill out this information. Okay, I got your information. I'll book you. I'll let you know when you're booked. Boom. They ask for information I don't have. I got to call the guests back. These are just little kinks that I got to work out, administrative kinks that I have to work out that, you know, right now I'm still finding myself in the midst of that are only going to go away by continuing to do it. I've asked around. I've asked some expert people in the business, you know, is there a class? Is there a course? And they say, yeah, there is a course. There are classes. But really, save you money. Save you time. Just Jump right in, make mistakes, do it, and that's kind of what I'm doing. So um, I don't want to act like I am Mr. Joe Travel Agent, but what you will get from me, what you lack, and what you miss out on me based on what I, you know, don't know from you know the smoothest booking process, start to finish, may have questions to ask. I will go over the top four in terms of making sure that you have the best vacation possible. All right, moving on, Tommy. On your last podcast, you went over some details, and what? On your last podcast, you went over some detailed and what seemed to be painstakingly way to turn wine into vodka, reusing the bottle and cork to get it on the ship. I must say, ouch, a much easier and fail-safe way that has never failed me is to just empty out a Listerine bottle, clean it out well, and pour the vodka and add blue or green food coloring. Test with water first so you know how much. Yes, the resealing of the bottle is very crucial, so I have attached a video for you to watch and have it down pat. Yes, people say the cruise lines are into this onto this method, but I have done it for six times and always makes it to my cabin. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't do this to beat the cruise line out of money because I always have the beverage package. It's just a game for me now to see if it makes it. I know who this is. And if it does great, and if it doesn't if and if it does great, and if it don't, I'm okay. I'm not the price of the vodka. But when it does, I am prepared with all the fixing I need to make jello shots in my cabin to share during the week with our newfound friends on board. Yes, we always tend to make friends. Well, yeah, when you're lining them up with jello shots, that's not gonna hurt you. That's not gonna do you no harm. Yes, I bring everything needed. The shot cups with lids, they are a must. They stack easier in the small fridge. 
the Jello in the 24 ounce shaker cup with uh, OZ uh, measurements, ounce ounce measurements on it for the proper mixture. Add the eight ounce of hot water, the powdered Jello, and shake. And after dissolve, to fill 16 inch lime with the vodka. So we're getting a lesson on Jello, how to make Jello here. Um, I laid it on a buffet tray. Oh, by the way, the hot water comes from the coffee maker. Uh, just run it through with no coffee in it. And if your cruise line has taken away the coffee makers, which will be happening eventually, just order the hot tea for two via room service. Yes, that's still free. They will send us a whole pitcher of hot water. Party on. Marty! What's up, buddy? Marty's the king. King Marty. Um, all right, so this is a great email, and it lets you know that, you know, if you want to bring some stuff on board, and he's right, man. I mean, who you're gonna be you're gonna be handing out jello shots? And you're not going to be Mr. You want to meet people? Hey, solo cruisers, take that into consideration. Listen to Marty. Figure out how to get booze on the bo- on board and then make jello shots and still buy the drink package. Everybody's a winner, right? Right. Why not? All right. Tommy, hi. Some random questions slash statements. I just watched the Carnival Conquest tour. Please do more of those. No job equals plenty of time to do ship tours, right? <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, it technically does, but A, now I do have a job, and B, um, you know, they don't let you just walk onto these ships, right? Uh, what is Green Cup Day? Uh, Green Cup Day? You mean Green Cup Monday. Green Cup Monday, I've explained it to you before, but I'll do it real quick right now. Uh, on the second or third day, the first, uh, first or second sea day of one of our carnival cruises with my buddy Nick, we started drinking. Nick started drinking. I was going to maybe take the day off. But Nick was drinking to a level where I saw I'm either going to, if I can't beat him, I'm going to join him because there's no way I'm going to be able to deal with Nick in the conditions he's in if I try to make it through this day sober. So I joined him. But what Nick did was go into the buffet. And you know, uh, Carnival, they have the, um, I guess, the um, Tupperware cups. Sometimes they're green, sometimes they're blue, whatever they are, but they're just made to be used for water or um, you know, some of the juice drinks that they have available, complimentary. They're, comp- they're for the complimentary drinks. Nick grabbed a few stacks of them, stumbled back out onto the Lido deck, and anybody who was drinking an adult beverage, he just walked over to them very casually. And Nick's a big dude. He's an imposing figure. So, you know, either people aren't necessarily looking to, you know, argue with him or, you know, he's not overly trying to be intimidating like some, you know, juice head or something. But, you know, he's an authoritative dude. He's, you know, but he was a fun-loving dude too. So he's just like, hey, what do you got there? Gin and tonic? It's Green Cup Monday. Let's go. Replace that cup. Put it in here. Before you know it, everybody on the Lido deck was on Monday, drinking out of a green cup. And that's how you knew if somebody was drinking alcohol or not. They all had a green cup from the Lido deck, and Nick would make several trips. If he had to go back into the Lido deck and, and get more green cups, I'm sure they were wondering where the hell all their cups were going. But by that time, it was too late. All the people on the Lido deck already had green cups. So everybody was drinking. Everybody was having fun. The band was playing. <clears throat> we were leading the charge. It was Green Cup Monday, and it was just one of those days in cruising history of always be booked that won't ever be repeated. Um, can you do a rundown list of every cruise you have been on? Ooh. Is that something everybody wants? Is that is that would take a while, I guess. I would take a while for me to prep it up and list it, and then it would take a while for me to just kind of dictate it on the air. Not a hundred percent convinced that's what everybody would want. You know what I'll do? I got my cruise cards here. What I'll do is I'll just take a picture of all my cards, and you can see the ships that I've been on, when I've been on them. It's not going to tell you the ports I've been to, basically, but you'll have a you'll have a good idea of how many cruises I've been on. And remember, 
only started cruising in 2011, I think. Late 2011, almost 2012. Um, okay, moving on. A train to Red Rocks, Colorado is too long. Time to get on a plane, come out west, and go to Red Rocks, and then do that West Coast cruise. Good idea. You are probably right. Moving on. I hate chair hoggers, but I love watching chog fights. I will watch a chog, chog fight all day. And I think... The- I want to read that again just because it made me laugh. I hate choggers, but I love watching chog fights. I'll watch a chog fight all day, and I think I, I think the more the bystanders putting the two cents in, the better. That's awesome. I would love. I'm gonna go as soon as I'm done with this. I'm gonna YouTube chair hogger fights because I am not mad at a a, a, a a nice little awkward cruise battle myself. It'd probably be very very funny. I'm gonna check it out. On the elevator policy, remember your original mission of always be booked. We are always booked, so we have the inspiration to stay fit. You said it early on. A booked cruise keeps you on track. Now, two flights is too few. This is the perfect opportunity for fitness. No slobbing out here. Five flights up. Whoa! Five flights. You out of your mind? Five flights up is the minimum. Anything past five flights and you can consider the elevator. But the stairs are the perfect way to add fitness without interrupting the cruise. Thanks for the show. Juan from Sacramento. Juan, regular contributor. Thank you, buddy. Can't argue with you. I can't argue with you about the, you know, it's not too much to ask to go five flights up. But uh, <clears throat> who knows? Maybe next cruise will take that into consideration. Don't you wish everybody did, though? How much? How nice would the elevators be? Even just three. If everybody committed to three in each way, the elevators would be so smooth. It's one thing you got to give to Carnival, man. Carnival does not play with those elevators. You have that one bank, that standard bank, you know, and then you have that prominent of uh, the uh, what is it? The atrium bank on either side. You have the uh, five that go across or whatever it is. There is no shortage of elevators on Carnival. They do that far and away better than most cruise lines. Uh, now for my question. A bit of a background first. I'm currently booked on the Norwegian Breakaway for October 2019 with the Ultimate Beverage Package. However, MSC is having you having a promotion until May 31st. That includes the Unlimited Drink Package for free on Caribbean sailings. I have virtu- a virtually identical sailing on the MSC Seaside that is on a similar dates and ports but goes to St. Martin instead of Totola and leaves one day earlier. It's about $650 less for the MSC sailing. This brings me to my question. Have you ever heard anything about the MSC Seaside? Reviews are very mixed. Complaints center around entertainment being too Italian, sewage smell throughout the ship, and poor buffet food. I'll rather keep my breakaway booking because I feel NCL caters to my wife and I style of cruising. Then again, the Seaside is if the seaside is decent, I'll jump on it for the savings. Curious to hear your thoughts since you will be getting off the breakaway soon. Chris, Chris, I, I, I haven't been on the seaside, but I've heard the same exact things. I don't know how. You got this beautiful ship, one of the most beautiful ships at sea, one of the most innovated, <clears throat> innovative pieces of uh, cruising engineering that there ever has been. And you have a new cru- a cruise line who's trying to make its way, trying to force its way into the American market, the North American market. You got one job. Give the American people what they want. I'm sorry, the North American style cruiser what they want. You know they want a lot of food. You know they want a lot of entertainment. You know they want fun parties. You know they want family-friendly activities. Uh, and what are you doing? How do you screw it up? Like who's who's in charge over there and letting them have us sit through just complete opera in foreign languages? You know, and, and that's not to say anything bad about it, but... You know, you got to know your market. You know, the, you said you were going to be Miami's cruise line. You had the Miami Dolphin cheerleaders come out for your inaugural, and you had uh, 
who else did you have? You had, uh, you know, American pop stars. Say you're going to be American, but, you know, the buffet food is garbage. The portions are tiny. The service is rude. I didn't know about the sewage smell, but it sounds like there's a sewage smell. And, uh, yeah, I think your best bet is until MSC uh, gets their head out of their European asses. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but I just kind of combined two thoughts. But, yes, I would say keep your Norwegian booking because it doesn't seem like – MSC has it right yet, despite their cool-looking condo feel to the back of the ship. All right, moving on. Tommy, the Cruise Diaries episode was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you're okay after the accident. I used to drive motorcycles and scooters until I dumped mine in the rain and slid about 50 yards down the road. No major injuries, but it was a surreal experience. Now I stick to four wheels. Here's my question comment. I always hear horror stories about the medical care being withheld until a sum of money is paid. Did you have any issues with that? Thanks for your podcast. No, I did not. I basically just went in. They checked it out. They saw that it was already wrapped up. They asked me if I could move, if I could walk around. I, it was kind of like a no harm, no foul thing. I was in and out. They didn't. I, didn't, I wouldn't even really consider myself getting examined. It was fine. Everything was okay. Uh, I'm still sore. It still hurts, but it does get better every day, and I have full movement and everything, although you know, I'm changing the bandages every day. Everything's fine. So... Uh, I didn't hear about that. I did hear about somebody who did go to the uh, infirmary, and they were having mental health issues um, on the Florida Georgia Line cruise. Somebody went, and they had, like, I don't know, they had just had a bad drunk, and they had, like, an anxiety attack. They went there. They got a couple of things of medication. They got maybe 10 minutes with a doctor. They didn't charge them any money, but, yes, there was a bill on their sign-and-sale card for about 650 bucks. <laughs> I do not know how that ended. But uh, no, they did not not give care until money was paid. That didn't happen. Maybe it does. Maybe it usually does. And this was an exception. But that's what I heard. The one instance I heard. Somebody visiting the infirmary on a cruise. All right, moving on. Hi, Tommy. Really enjoyed the latest podcast. The other boat you saw at Half Moon K was the Enchantment of the Seas. It was at Coco K, which is also where the tower was, the water slide tower. Coco and Half Moon K are neighbors just thought i'd pass this along to you hope your injuries heal jerome jerome are you sure about that are you positive i'm pretty sure they don't share the island right because i'm pretty sure this tower was on great stirrup k i'm gonna look again i'll make sure but if i'm not mistaken you know this is before the accident too so you can't blame it on a uh, collision um i think i really think that tower that i saw was on the great stirrup k island um and then the ship that I saw, it could have been Enchantment of the Seas, but it almost looked like even small. I know Enchantment of the Seas is a small ship by standards, but it even looks small for a regular cruise ship standard. It almost looks like a, it almost looked like a, one of those seaborns or like a, a glorified yacht. I'm not sure though. I'll look into it. If anybody knows, if anybody can tell me where, uh, what was it, twelfth? No, the tenth, eleventh, April eleventh. Who docked at Great Stirrup K? Not that it matters a whole lot, but um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to check. You might be right, Jerome. I'm not 100% on that, but I'll check on it. Hey, fellow cruisers, since you are so familiar, I have a Miami question for you. We are cruising out of the Port of Miami in January on the Norwegian Bliss, and we need to need some knowledge on good hotels in the area which won't cost an arm and a leg. We are flying into Fort Lauderdale on Southwest the day before on Friday, and I have done some pricing, and it already is looking as if it might be cheaper to find a hotel in Fort Lauderdale. When I look at the prices for the hotels in both locations and factor in the Uber right from the airport to port, it is looking as if it would 
if it would be a saving to stay near the airport. We are not cheap people, just frugal. We do not need the fancy places and do not want the dives in which are unsafe either. Any input you could pass on from your experience living in Florida would be greatly appreciated. By the way, love your podcast. Like the fact that you keep it real and you're honest when you are doing them. I hear and see so many which you know they are just full of it and full of themselves. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you again, and I hope you have a wonderful and blessed day, Linda. Linda, uh, first first question. The hotels hotels are such a fluid thing. You know what I'm saying? They're always changing prices. I can't keep up. It's so hard to say. I could say what my favorite hotels are in Fort Lauderdale. My favorite hotel, as everybody probably knows by now, is the uh, Hilton Marina Hotel, very, very close to the cruise port. Beautiful views of the cruise port, and the hotel itself has a lot of cool amenities and venues to where you can enjoy yourself. It's a great time. Uh, Pricing-wise, it's not the cheapest hotel, but it's very, very competitive and usually is always worth it for me. Uh, I don't know what to tell you as far as just a cheap hotel um, that is going to be a nice hotel. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. The only the, that's that's the hotel I would recommend in Fort Lauderdale. You're always going to be rolling the dice with Days In. You can get the Days In that are like kept up and have the 150 rooms and have the every all the bells and whistles, or you can get those Days In that are franchised out and you know they have bed bugs. So it's hard. It's really really hard to tell in Fort Lauderdale hotel wise in Miami. To me, it's one of two things. It's either the Holiday Inn, which is right by the cruise port. Great, great commute right there. The Holiday Inn is a solid, low expense. It's not an expensive hotel, and it's clean enough, if, as far as I'm concerned, to uh, you know to be able to stay at the price it is. So I like the Holiday Inn at the cruise port terminal in Miami. Check it out. It's right near the bay. If you don't do that, to me, just go to South Beach. You know what I mean? Go online and just do a check the stars, check the rating. The Colony is good. The uh, um, the Leslie is good. The Cavalier is good. Um, there's a bunch of them. You just see all those Art Deco hotels. They all have different ratings and stuff like that. What they are are small boutique hotels. They're very small. They're smallish. Uh, the amenities are not through the roof, but they are clean and they are right in the middle of everything. So I would say that would be my answer. Just do some homework on South Beach or stay at the Holiday Inn at the port, which is probably about, I don't know, a 10 or 12, 15 minute, depending on traffic, ride away from the port itself. Um, what else do we have? I appreciate you saying, uh, I appreciate your sentiment about, you know, me keeping it real and stuff like that. And I appreciate you listening. Um, that is pretty much it for the emails, I believe. I saved a couple because, again, there were a lot, and I appreciate that, guys. Please keep the emails coming. Uh, again, let's shoot for concise. Let's shoot for fully proofread, and we're going to freaking have a great time, man. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm happy to be going back to work. It's always nice to know that there's income coming back in, but I'm also happy knowing that I'm still going to be able to commit to you guys as far as giving your show on a regular basis, and the whole travel agency thing is still going to happen and keep an eye out. I got a couple of cool ideas uh, for designs for some uh, merchandise as well. Again, thank you guys for listening. Follow me on Instagram, uh, alwaysbebooked. Email me, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And please, the most important and the best way you can uh, help the show is to share it with a friend. Thank you, Cones. We will talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away 
I love your big problems You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy! It's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up 